Friday, everybody. It's Night on the Town. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Jeff. <laughs> you guys want to introduce yourselves over there? Yeah, we got some guests here tonight. Hey, uh, my, name is, my name is Josh. My name's Nathan. And I'm Alex. So these guys are some film connoisseurs. They're, they're uh, there's some editing, editing uh, gurus here. <laughs> editing and film gurus. Uh, every time you guys are like at the, the comedy clubhouse, I always want to be in the conversation. <laughs> hearing, here here like just <laughs> poking your brains about or like uh, cult classics. Do they always like shun you? Like, yeah. stay away. Yeah. <laughs> Once I'm off the stage, I'm the one looking in on this one, on this conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, like we we well, every time that you guys like, there's there's all those cult classics of the '70s and '80s. Like, uh, and then we started talking about what's that guy's name? Menachem. <laughs> Wait, which one? From Canon Films. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah! The crazy producer. We need more of those guys. We need yeah. definitely need more of them. I feel like someone said that we're in that era though, right now. Like this is if, if history is like a pendulum, right? Or like we kind of have we, we we repeat the styles and periods. Yeah, we're kind of like in an '80s period now, right? There's a lot of, you know, there's kind of a uh, what's what, what's the word for it? Like. We've got a lot of uh, political correctness going on, but at the same time, we've got a lot of excess going on in, in oh, media. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we're we're in that era now. So maybe we're rolling up on Gen X, but we are getting some ridiculous sh- uh, shit out there right now. Yeah. yeah. Some movies are kind of ridiculous. I was think I've been thinking for the past year since the pandemic began that we're basically in the '70s again with racial unrest and racial yeah. and another racial yeah. reckoning and inflation. And uh, the gas shortage earlier this year, and with all the distribution models of this day and age with streaming, you can you know make a movie yourself and put it on Vimeo if you want. Uh, it's a renaissance for independent film. Ah. Because there's just so many different ways to see stuff. Oh, right. like you like yeah. There's you know if you go into like uh, if you go into like Amazon Prime or whatever, I feel like Amazon Prime has ton of just like indie movies that no one's ever heard of that no one would have ever seen otherwise right because whenever you look at like think about like you know uh before it was as big as it was you'd look at like you know i remember looking through like the pamphlets for the chicago film festival the chicago international film festival and you look through and you're you look at like the like the midnight movies section and you just read about all these amazing movies but the only place you could see them were at these festivals because yeah. that was just these were working the festival circuit. Yeah. Now you can just you just find that kind of stuff everywhere. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. There's no shortage of of really cool, really innovative and inventive films out there. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it's it doesn't matter like what genre. Like talk about like, you know, like the schlocky kind of stuff where you know, like it's like you know, eighties homage kind of things like and, and, and stuff like that. Like yeah, like 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 all kinds of stuff. Like the, anything with anything with Nicolas Cage right now. Yeah, oh, pretty yeah. much. He's on fire. Oh, I love your post. Is that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> I love your post, by the way. Oh, what? A what? girl with way too many red flags. <laughs> and then some sailor Nick, from uh, Wild at Heart. And then, <laughs> and then and then the meme is 
way, way too many red flags, and then me and Nicholas Cage is me, and he's just rubbing it. The best, the best. That movie is nuts. Wild at Heart with Nicholas Cage. Have you seen that one? The, I, I guarantee I probably have. I just I don't remember it. That's a Lynch one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the one Lynch film I haven't seen. Or what? I think so. I think that might be that might be the only one I haven't seen. Wasn't the only making? Lynch film I Peanut butter sandwiches or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the dark? Banana sandwiches. <laughs> He's got that snakeskin jacket. It's like, this snakeskin jacket's Ooh, a I representation of my individuality. And, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something, something, yeah, something like that. But it's but, like, yeah. Nicolas Cage right now, though, he's like, he's in a lot of crazy, interesting stuff. And I think he got to that point because just uh, when he was on top of the world. Desperation. <laughs> he just yeah. spent money weird. I guess like he bought, he he bought castles. Like, he, he bought castles or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, he, he like a uh, Bernie Madoff thing. Like he lost a lot of oh, money. Oh, he was in yeah. that. Yeah, I think oh, he was part of that. Where he, so he lost a lot of money. Well, then you hear some of the other like because you seen have you seen any stuff like he he's done like a, the list of crazy shit he's bought like a dinosaur head. He's got a tomb in New Orleans <laughs> that he purchased. What he had like a small island. <laughs> And now, now he doesn't even the, have an agent. He's the probably. island of Nicolas Cage, like Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Marlon Brando is yeah. fat, and he doesn't know his lines, and he showed up for some reason. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's like, at this point, he's just, his, his agent is just like an answering machine that says he'll take it. Like, now he'll right. just do anything. Yeah, like the guy's like, an answering it's, machine. It's, it's interesting to see the guy, like, he'll, and, and the guy puts probably, what, like, three or four movies out every year, and... Maybe like two of them are the kind of like, you know, Walmart bargain bin, you know, yeah. two ninety nine Blu-ray or something yeah. like that. But even even Walmart. now though, those ones are better though. Well, some yeah, of those stuff, bargain yeah. bins. There's some gems. There's some, there's some good stuff in there. Go yeah. bargain bin hunting. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he. I, I know the most recent thing he did uh, was this movie called Pig, which I, I'm not going to shut up about that movie. Have you seen I, it? You I watched loved it? it. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yet. I, I've actually well, heard good things. It's so. it's it's a strange one because like. I saw trailers for it in the theaters a couple times, and I saw the first, you know, I, I watched the trailer online, and then, you know, the way that the trailer frames it, they make it seem like it's just taken, but with a pig, and he's just, like, <laughs> trying, he's going to go on, like, a killing spree to get his fucking truffle pig back, when the reality is that's just not what the movie is, like, at all, and it just completely, like, he's, he's so fucking good. He's, the guy's good in everything, mm-hmm. but as just, like, a dramatic performance, he's Oh my God! It's such an incredible movie. Yeah. I was. It's very moving and much more touching than people realize because everyone knows him now as like this guy who makes a lot of this like schlocky stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they don't take him nearly as seriously as they used to. And then you watch this and you're like, oh no, he he can still like. Well, I mean, serious like acts do serious acting instead of like over the top stuff right. that he's kind of known for lately. The movie before that that came out recently was some kind of like where he's in a bar fighting. Um, animatronic or Willy's kind of Wonderland. Yes, that I one. I saw that one too. Did you? I, and your your uh, opinion I, of that one? I okay. <laughs> I we said we were going to talk about this yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, two months ago, and uh, it just came up naturally. It's, it's perfect, perfect, cosmic, cosmic. Um, I I have I think like as far as like structurally the movie fucking sucks. <laughs> like the the pacing is terrible. Like. I didn't care about really the story at all, but I love Nick Cage because he doesn't—he doesn't talk at, he doesn't say a word during the movie. He's just like a force of nature. Like so, like the animatronics, like will just start talking, and he just like shows up to just like 
murder them ruthlessly. Oh. And then he just goes back to whatever he was doing before. Like, yeah. he, like hired to like clean the place or something like that. Yeah. Like, just and then they'll and then they'll like you know they'll fix his car or whatever. And and he doesn't he doesn't say a word, but he's easily the be- like every single second he's on screen, you're just like okay, I want to know what's going on. And then they cut away like the the other kids who get trapped in the um, in the the building. And he's like, I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. Like, I, I don't care. Get back to Nick Cage just being like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. But like, compare compare Cage's movie, his bargain bin like era. Compare that to like Willis, right? Because Bruce Willis, I mean, every now and then he'll come out and he'll do something like, okay, that was really interesting. But for the <laughs> most part, he's in like stuff that your uncle's got on yeah. in the background <laughs> while he's rolling cigarettes. And, like in the basement. In the Hudson, basement. Your basement. He, he Hudson, like they're like tax shelter movies. Hudson Hawk. I loved Hudson Hawk. <laughs> okay, you you need Different to rewatch era. that. Different era. I I did recently. It does not hold up. I know. That's why I love it. Um, <laughs> Aiello, what's his name? Uh, the other actor, Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You do a whole uh, episode about movies that don't hold up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a long list of them. Yeah, there's a long list. You're all night. Gone yeah. with the wind. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. Uh, Birth of a Nation. For oh me. no! Oh, no. That's getting a soft reboot, though, isn't it? Isn't that, are they making a sequel to that? To, to Birth of a Nation? Is that the script you were working on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your secret notebook? Don't let them know. <laughs> it's on a bunch of loosely pages written in Sharpie. It's copyrighted. <laughs> Donate to my Patreon. <laughs> I don't have a Patreon. I don't know how to work a computer. <laughs> well, Bruce Willis, I, I, I felt like a lot of those actors, when Quentin Tarantino made Pulp Fiction, like Bruce Willis and John Travolta, like like they were on the way out almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, truly, sorry. truly revitalized the uh, pod podcast faux pas right there. <laughs> Everyone, silence your phones. Silence your phones and your and your and your pagers. Silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the, you remember that? Yeah, that's yeah, my the... my Tim Curry. From... <laughs> Tim Curry from Legend. Yeah, yeah, that sounded just like him. Yes. Oh, dude, I... <laughs> when, the other night with me, you and Randy. Randy's like, I don't think you got a strong diaphragm. He's like, Come on, give me your deepest deep. And I'm like, Oh. <laughs> he blew him away. He yeah. knocked on the floor. Yeah, and then he even goes, Okay, maybe you are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are brothers. <laughs> Eternal. Could you could you do like a Nigel Thornberry <laughs> line if you're doing Tim Curry? What what's Nigel Thornberry? Nigel from the, the, the Wild Thornberries. Maybe this is after your time. I don't know. Now I think it Dan's a little old for that I'm one. The, uh, we're like the millennials over here watching Nickelodeon <laughs> yeah. in 2000. <laughs> that shows how I learned about animals. <laughs> Backyardigans. Oh that was way after my time. Well, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure. You'll never know. See, yeah, my time's like Labyrinth and... And uh, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. I was hardcore just like listening to so much David Bowie during work today. I was just in that mood. So yeah, Labyrinth. You just bring that up. Yeah, I love David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Who doesn't love David Bowie. Anyway, that was a side thing. Speaking of David Bowie, Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. Wait, how does that connect? They're both rock stars. Oh, gotcha. They're both rock stars. They're both dead rock stars. They're both in the Rolling Stones. And Keith Richards outlived both of them for some reason. David David Bowie and Mick Jagger did a video together, Dancing in the Streets. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. There's there's an amazing version of that where, uh, (laughs) where it's 
that but like with no uh like backing music so yeah. it's just like them yeah. singing and then like someone added sound effects <laughs> of just them like you know stepping on like the concrete oh, yeah. or whatever yeah. yes. and it's one of the yes. funniest things i've ever seen I've in my seen life that. i'm gonna have to search it's, that one out it's incredible oh yeah it's incredible yeah what, what song do they they or was it just it's just sound I think, effects i think it was uh it was like the video for for dancing in the street yeah and but then, what were they putting in place of it though what was i it? think it was it was they had like they had vocals but there were no instrumentals at all oh okay. so it's literally just them doing it like acapella and then just like <laughs> in the street. It's oh, it's incredible, and so awkward too because like they're just dressed at, like nineteen eighty eight. Yes, yeah. and you know the cameras moving all over the place and all kinds of crazy stuff, and the only thing that you hear is just like yeah. the click clack of yeah. them on the on the concrete. It's amazing. Oversized button shirts. And <laughs> Big hair. The big hair. There's some shoulder pads. There's uh, some shoulder yeah. pads in there. Right. Somewhat. That was <laughs> the 88, 89 era. Yeah. yeah. It's like still 80s. The 1992, it's like yeah. that weird area. Yeah, where you don't know what the fuck is going on. I still don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. No clue. Right. Even less of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but Charlie Watts, 80 years old, he... What, what, what day did he die? Was it on Monday already? I think so. Yeah. Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. What, what was it? COVID? They no. Never, not yeah. confirmed. He had an undisclosed medical procedure a couple weeks ago, and then they're just like, he dead. And oh, they shit. haven't yeah. said the details. Yeah. I wonder what it was. But, yeah. but a, over a month ago, he needed to do some sort of surgery. Yeah. And, then and, and I think also he sort of, he was supposed to tour with them. I think this is like back in April or whatever, and they said he wasn't going to go on the tour with yeah, them. And they just, yeah, yeah. And they figured, you know, I assume it's probably like cancer or something like that. I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I just yeah, assume. Yeah. Safe assumption when you get yeah. to that age and you have surgeries. And yeah. Yeah. Well, Mick Jagger had uh, heart surgery before the 2019 tour. Yeah. Which kid did he take it from? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he. Then I started seeing videos of him, like with a trainer doing like yoga and choreography and all that. And then I'm like, damn. And that's when he was what, 76, 77? He's like a yeah. fucking Dorian Grace person. <laughs> There's no reason for that man to still be alive. No, none, like, none of them should like, still hey, be alive. That's some deal. God, God bless him for still being around, for still rocking after God knows like 50 years or whatever, however long it's been. What? They should not. They should not be dead. Or they, 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 they should, should be alive. They should yeah. be alive. 58 years the, 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 and, and they recorded they recorded uh, they recorded a song uh, in late 2019 early 2020 during the pandemic and I think it was called something uh, uh, in ghost town alone in ghost town or something like that and that was their last recording that they they did and then their last tour uh, was in Miami and then they had to change up that that date because that hurricane that was rolling through Miami. Oh, yeah. And so that was like, I, I want to say that was like September, October of 2019. And so, like, that was the last time they played together. Yeah. But a long so time ago. 56 yeah. years. So that would have been 56 years he was playing with them. Yeah. Never missed a show. Never missed a show. Damn. That's what I find amazing. Like, he yeah. never missed a show. 56 years. Yeah. So like, 
and I'm like a bunch of things are starting to come up. Like you know, like I, I keep hearing on a Sirius XM, and I do Uber, so Uber riders are, you know, I, I picked up this old this old guy, and of course the old guy knows about, you know, the Rolling Stones, and he just starts uncovering things for me that it's like, oh yeah, there's more songs than Satisfaction. You know, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like get out of here. He, he wrote a, he wrote Arabian Horses and like. He was in into just. Wait, he wrote or rode? Rode. Okay. Uh, yeah, he wrote tattoo. <laughs> he wrote his song. he wrote his lyrics tattooing Arabian horses. <laughs> no, but he wrote Arabian horses, and he was into collecting priceless pieces of art, as you would being the drummer of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I mean, what else when you got so much money, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're gonna do with it. Yeah. Man, what what would you do if you had like? What What do you think he's worth? What was probably, because because Mick Jagger is worth what he's he's worth a half of he's worth a half a billion. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Him and I think I mean him and Richards are just like, yeah, the face of the band pretty much. Yeah. And so I, they've got to be worth just astronomical amounts of money. Yeah. What, as the Bet- drum- between the two of them, as a drummer, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Like a drummer, you're not a real mu- musician, so I mean <laughs> you're hitting significantly less. You're <laughs> just banging. Sorry. Just, just kidding, all <laughs> drummers out there. Hey, Charlie Watts was never in the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, so true. Yeah. Yeah. That was Mitch, yeah. right? That was Keith. I don't know. It was Keith Richards who played <laughs> Jack Sparrow's dad. Didn't Keith Richards smoke his father's remains? He, snort, he snorted his oh. dad's ashes. Apparently, <laughs> nice. And I, and I guess yeah. another thing about Charlie Watts, he had a habit of when they're on tour, he would sketch a picture of every hotel room he ever stayed in. Wow. I read that. Right after taking a bunch of peyote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that part. They're all just squares. Yeah. <laughs> what? One's, a, one's a really bad drawing of a, a unicorn. <laughs> Unicorn. Well, well, Ron, Ron uh, posted something about Charlie Watts, and then, and then I started seeing that go viral uh, on social media. That Mick Jagger, they were at the hotel, and Mick Jagger's like, "Where's my drummer?" And he calls up his hotel room, and "Where's my drummer?" And then he gets up. It's the middle of the night. Gets up, shaves, takes a shower, gets dressed as. He was considered one of the best dressed musicians of all time. Uh, Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts, yeah. Huh. Wow. And so then he goes and then meets up with the Stones, the rest of the Stones, and then he punches Mick Jagger in the face and he goes, "Don't ever call me your drummer again, because you're my fucking singer." <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, he goes back to bed. Nice, <laughs> incredible. He got dressed just to do that. Yeah. Flex. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the, they they even have like uh, of course, whenever uh, like a big legend passes away on on satellite radio, they'll have a station devoted to to that person. So that they're having like Rolling Stones Charlie Watts radio, and I guess he had a jazz quintet that he was a part of as well. So interesting. A lot of tracks I've never heard. Three hundred and seventy four Rolling Stones tracks. Jeez. I didn't know that there were that many Rolling Stones songs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> there can't be that many. <laughs> how many? Well, I'm wondering maybe how many of those are maybe like, I don't know, how many of those renditions are of other or, songs or, or, or like or live, live, tra- versions, live yeah. tracks? Because those probably oh, count right. on albums and stuff like that, right? Right. I right. Oh. Uh, I, like if you count, if you go through all their studio albums, I don't think you come up with like almost 400 songs. Right. No. Yeah. Probably a couple hundred. Yeah. Right. Sure. 
Yeah, got, like Exile on Mainstream is what, like 20 tracks or something like that? Yeah. Because then, yeah, because you got Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed has 10 tracks. Sticky Fingers. That's probably another, like another 10. 10 yeah. tracks. Uh, there's Satanic Majesty's Request, maybe 12 tracks, maybe yeah. 13. Um, then Beggar, the, Beggar's Banquet. Yeah. All shorter, yeah. The, the Rolling Stones, uh, what was that, the first album they had? I don't know what they named that one, but that was also like 10 to 12 tracks. Yeah. So, yeah. Nothing beats Sticky Fingers for me, though. Oh, yeah, that one's the S- best. Sticky Fingers is my, that was... The like, album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yes. one's so cool. I was I, just about to say I agree. I like the album and also when my fingers are sticky. Yeah. Uh, I love that album so much. Like, it's, it's just so good. Isn't the actual album, like, it's a zipper that's a real zipper on the pants? I thought the album, Maybe. like, Maybe. you could unzip the zipper. <laughs> I don't know. I only had it on a little CD that, that my dad had when I was a kid. Maybe like the original LP, but I don't know. Everything after that's just a CD or a digital file. Yeah. A cassette. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man. Um, so back, back to... Back to the back to the film world. Back to Bruce Willis. Back to Bruce <laughs> oh, what and Mick Jagger? What, didn't he have a little bit of a film history? What was it, Free Jack? Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. He's been a, he was been in a bunch of weird ones. Yeah, I think he was in something recently, sometime in the last two years. And I have no recollection of what it was, but all I remember is seeing like Mick Jagger in like a leading role. Really? And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's some like independent thing. I have no I have no clue what I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up actually because I'm wondering about what it is now. There were like some like couple famous other folks behind it. Yeah, I don't know. They always dig that people that just aren't actors <laughs> that are like I'll do this. Fuck it, I'm I'm already doing all this other stuff. Well, George Harrison yeah. didn't George George Harrison was in some some Monty Python wasn't he? He mm-hmm. no life like he was he had a cameo in Life of Brian. Okay, and that's because he was the primary financier of Life of Brian. <laughs> they they originally well of course Life of Brian was a very controversial movie to make and therefore difficult to get financing for you know parroting the Life of Christ and kind of pil- <laughs> like pillaring religion. But um, yeah, EMI was the original financier, and then they pulled out at the last minute when the head of EMI read the script, and yeah. so they went to George Harrison because George Harrison was a was friends with Eric Idle. Yeah, that's right. That's and, what I was gonna say. They were hanging out together. Yeah, and so George Harrison thought this might be the last time to, you know, last chance to see a Monty Python movie. So he mortgaged his house and some other <laughs> some oh other of his God. some other things of his own to come up with the with the liquid with the cash for it and then they were able to go ahead and it worked out quite well because it was a big hit yeah. <laughs> and the and the company that he set up for it handmade films ended up going on to produce a couple other independent movies wow. so so yeah we have george harrison to thank for life of brian as we do pr- other rock bands for monty python the holy grail because that was financed by um contributions from Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Chrysalis Records. Wow. Because that's where the financing for um, Holy Grail came from, was from rock bands as well. Because at the time in Britain, in the mid-70s, taxes were extremely high. Like over, like 80 or 90% on the top earners. So these bands making tons of money uh, before they became tax exiles, as some of them did, they tried to they tried to reduce their earnings and their tax 
obligation by financing other things and giving money away to other things, thinking that it wouldn't go so well. Kind of a producer's situation. <laughs> yeah. However, when the Holy Grail became a big hit, they were kind of screwed because it <laughs> ended up making money when they thought it was a when they thought it would be a tax deduction. So <laughs> anyway, so that's so well, it's win-win. Yeah. So Holy yeah, Grail and Life of Brian were financed by rock stars, and then Meaning of Life was their only uh, movie financed by a major studio by Universal. But those those two in the middle that are considered the the best, yeah, music people. Wow, rock stars. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. George Harrison with the good karma, his shamanic ways. <laughs> with this, with the following the Hindu religion, he got the karma. Oh yeah. Have you seen that that uh, documentary, uh, in the material world? I've I've not. Oh, Unfortunately, okay. no. I should I should have. Yeah, that I think that's like three four hours long. Is that the Scorsese one or? Is it a, was that one made by someone else living in the material world? Because Scorsese did a Harrison documentary. It that's might be quite the long. Scorsese. Yeah, that's the one. But in other Harrison news, though, throwing this in here, um, all things must pass is getting a 50th anniversary re-release remix with extra bonus features and so forth. Oh, nice! When so, does that yeah. come out? Later this year. So it's even better remixed and remastered than the 30th anniversary version, which is quite good. Well, we got some other things that we were talking about that's coming out in October. Hmm. Weren't we? We were saying before about Dune. Oh! Is that what you want to pivot discussion towards? Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about Dune? I think we're going to talk about Dune. Kyle McLaughlin? Is he in it? Right? No? No? Well, I I think it's interesting because that that weekend, in addition to Dune, uh, on that same day, the new Wes Anderson movie is coming out. And also Jackass 4 is coming out. (laughs) And there was supposed to, the new Edgar Wright movie was supposed to come out that day, but then they moved it to the following week. So it was supposed to be like four of these like relatively large movies. So this Wes Anderson, what's what's this one about? It's called The French Dispatch, and it's about uh, 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 journalists. I don't know anything else. (laughs) I've watched the trailer. Good enough for me. I have no idea what it's about, but it's got, you know, like a big cast, and it looks, you know, like every other Wes Anderson movie. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be. Just like all the other ones, but. Yeah. If you like Wes Anderson, you'll probably like this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Same same with like Jackass, where if you like Jackass yep. one, two, and three, and the TV show, you probably You're like probably watching like, them even right. more because they're just old now. Because they're old. And they're all like in their there's late forties, early fifties. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. in other words, Dune is just gonna bomb probably again. Against Jackass, <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably gonna bomb again. Well, my my big concern about Dune is that, uh, like, because from what I understand, they only made like I guess the first half of the story, because it's such a big book. The book is like nine hundred pages. And should be I think, a se- it should be a series. Well, I think they were initially planned on doing two of them. And I thought that what they were going to do was shoot, like, one and two at the same time, similar to, like, what they did with, you know, like, Lord, Lord of the Rings Wars. or whatever, and then just release them, you know, one after the next. But I guess they only shot one. Yeah. And I don't know how much of the story it's going to cover. I would be shocked if they get through the entirety of the book. They almost certainly will not. Even though it's probably going to be like a three-hour movie, I'm fine with that. Um, but I think that, uh, like, my fear is that not enough people are going to go see it in theaters because if it doesn't make money, they're not going to make another one. So they're just going to yeah. stream it. it. Yeah, I mean, I because it well, it's going to be streaming on HBO Max on the same day, and okay. on one Which hand, is where I'll be watching it. <laughs> I mean, on one like I I 
most likely I'm going to go end up seeing it in the theater just because I feel like I need to, and it's the kind of movie where yeah, you visual, want to. Yeah, the visual like, yeah, audio I mean, experience. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's you know, Denis Villeneuve is, for my money, like, the best director working today. Who, who, who is it? Denis Villeneuve. Okay. That's how you pronounce and it. What, what kind of, he, yeah, what else has he, he done? He's done, uh, the last big thing he did before Dune was Blade Runner 2049. Oh. Okay. Um, Which bombed. Which kind of did. Like, it, it didn't make much money. I, I was working at an AMC when that movie came out. And that movie, I, probably, I was probably one of, like, ten people to go see that movie at that theater. <laughs> at that theater, at the that whole theater. run. And you the got in for free, run. so. And I got in for free, so technically I had nine people saw nine it in my theater. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. That though. is heartbreaking. It's a great it, movie. It, it, yeah. it cost, oh, like, $200 million to make. Yeah. Oh, and man. it definitely didn't make its money back. What a beautiful but, way, but though, it's to watch money burn. <laughs> just but it's also, like, probably my favorite sequel to anything, like, ever. It's it's because I loved I love still love the original Blade Runner, yeah. And twenty forty nine just like makes it, it just like makes it better, like it's just it just like recontextualizes all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't actually like answer all these questions. It just like makes you think more about like, you know, it makes you think more about like the central those central themes of humanity and, and what makes you know someone human, that kind of stuff. And just, but it just like doesn't answer questions. And just, it's just like fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. is decorative replicant yeah. does it fucking matter? Does like, it matter? Like, it's <laughs> it's too long. Two it and a half hours. It's, too it's long. two hours. No, it's not two and a half it's hours, long. Alex. It's two hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> when I the first time I saw it in the theater twice, and the first time I went to go see it was like Friday night opening night. Yeah. And the theater was surprisingly packed, yeah. and someone walked out <laughs> with like fifteen minutes left in the movie. I'm like, you sat through this for two hours for two and, and 30 hours, minutes, yeah. and you're like at the climax of the movie, and you're just going to leave now? Like, just, just oh, get 15 minutes yeah. left. Come on. I mean, maybe but his they, bladder just was yeah. but, fucking but it's, done. But it's one of those things where they they advertise it like an action movie. And the, tra- like, the trailers are cool. It's just like, oh, cool, there's guns and spaceships when and explosions. you said action movie, like, you said that just like Jordan Leto's character in Blade Runner 2049. Action movie. Action movie. Jared? Yeah, like he plays the he plays the, the bad guy. Yeah, the the but creator, or is that who he is? The creator or who? who no, is you, kind you of said Jordan Leto. I said I thought did I say Jordan or say Jared? You said Jared. Right? I don't, did I don't he? Remember. I heard Jordan. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking Jordan Catalano in my yeah. head, which is yeah. you know my so-called life. <laughs> This other character. All right, uh, never mind. The way, the way that I must have misheard you. <laughs> we'll go back. We'll the, listen to this again. The way that the way that they advertise that movie, I think that goes for like a lot of like big studio movies that aren't necessarily super action packed. They'll always just like they market them like action movies, and then people go see them, and they're like, "This is just not an action movie." Yeah. And then they're yeah. like upset by it. Right. It's yeah. just like they're disappointed. Yeah, and it's sad because most of the time, you know, the movies are good. Like, I remember when, like, Uncut Gems came out, everyone was just like, this isn't an M. Sandler comedy. It's just like, did you watch, did you watch, the, did you watch the trailer? I, I, I admit, like, I did not watch it because of the trailer. I just, that's just me. I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler these days. Sure. That's and so I'm like, oh, Adam, Adam Sandler at his worst or best or whatever you want to call it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. So I, I, I can't we shit on it. Adam Sandler for, like... We, we well, can. I, we I, I totally just, can. I just want to say, I remember, like, when it came out, going through the reviews on, like, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, because it had, like, 90-something percent from critics yeah. and, like, 50 or 40 percent from, <laughs> from viewers. And I was reading the reviews, and so many of them were just like, this isn't a comedy. I thought mm. this was going to be funny. I thought it was going to be, like, this or that or the other. Where's like, that weird voice that he like, does? Come on. 
<laughs> he doesn't do it once. But just like, and it, the movie is just, it's a fucking awesome movie. Like, yeah. it's so good. It's, and he's amazing in it. And it's Kino. Every, it's pure Kino. But it's not as good as Airheads. Uh, oh, Brendan Fraser. I was going to say, oh. it's, his performance isn't quite as spectacular <laughs> as he is in The Waterboy. Oh, that, that's water. Probably my favorite. <laughs> probably my favorite movie of his from that late '90s, early 2000s era. He's got an era, man. I yeah, like he does have an era, for sure. Like I mean, nowadays he's wedding still singer. Does wedding singer, classic. Like classic. Happy Gilmore, Happy all Gilmore, the all the good. Yeah, Canteen Boy, Billy Madison. Yeah, Billy Madison. Yeah. Stop staring at me, Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my snack packs? <laughs> oh, when he gets pissed off, it's great. Oh, yes. <laughs> he just usually beats somebody up. The guy's got a lot of aggression, a lot of oh. anger issues, I think. Yeah, what, I what think was, so, too. What was it, Garaputo? Was, was that the, the goat? Oh, what? The, oh, from... I, hey, this is the goat. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what everyone's probably... I, that, that, remember when he did the goat? Uh, I forget... I got no idea. Was, was that on the CDs? Was that Little Nicky? Yeah, it was, it was on one of the CDs. Oh, like, man. The, yeah. I, I used to have all those. I had Tim, my brother Tim had a bunch of them. And there was like, you know, there was like Willie the Tollbooth guy. And, and there's like one called The Longest Piss, which is like a guy peeing into a urinal. And it just goes on forever. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know? He was like, I think one of the big criticisms of him was like, he was like, they considered him too juvenile. Or whatever, and it's like I think that was also like the appeal there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I feel like a lot of times he gets a bad rap, and at the same time, he brings a lot of he brings a lot of it on himself. Because that was around the same era as like Tenacious D, and then but the mm. precursor to all that was Weird Al. Oh, like, oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, you you had what was it? Eat it, and and. Uh, what, what, what was that? Uh, there's the Amish Paradise. Yoda. Right. I'm fast. Oh, the Yoda song. Oh, Yoda. Oh, yeah. Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Skywalker guy, which is like the American, American Pie. The saga begins. Ooh. The saga begins. Running with scissors. Was wasn't that the the name of the album with with that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. UHF. You seen UHF? Oh, with Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> but more, but more importantly, Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips. <laughs> my, my, literally, literally my favorite stand-up comedian, Emo Phillips. He had a very bit part in the in UHF where he. He played the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was Kramer. Kramer played the janitor. Oh, the shop. Emo the Phillips shop was the teacher, shop teacher. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, call me Mr. Butterfingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Listen to his stand-up. I, I, I highly recommend it. He did, I mean, he had some HBO uh, ones. I remember that as a kid. Yeah, he was he, he was in his prime in the 80s. Yeah. He's one of those guys, though. He's but like, he's, you know, Neil Hamburger. Neil yeah, Hamburger. Kind of like a, got a he's got kind of like an interesting niche, gimmick. Yeah, Very niche. Yeah. Neil Hamburger. Have you ever heard of Great Phone Calls, which is like Jerky Boys? Neil Hamburger does a, a prank phone call album called Great Phone Calls. Really? Oh, shit. It's hilarious. The Jerky Boys I've heard of. I didn't know that Neil Hamburger did like so, an album. So that came out, I think, before Jerky Boys. And then Neil Hamburger, and one of the, one of the, my favorite one on this, it's like, you remember me? And the guy, you just hear this guy in the background, no. And he's like, Used to kick the shit out of me all the time in high school. Yeah, I used to call. He he just <laughs> goes through a list of all the things he used to call. Yeah, they still call me that at work all the time. And, you know, <laughs> toilet head. 
like you have to hear this. It's fucking hilarious. And is that his stage name? Hamburger? Hamburger? I would bet. I think so. I don't actually know his real name. I forgot. Cause he is is he like friends with like Tim and Eric with the yeah. Tim and Eric awesome show and <laughs> yeah awkward comedy and all that. Freddie got fingered. Oh, it it really? Freddie? Well, Freddie? No, I mean, but like Freddie got fingered. Like, I guess that's the precursor to that then, right? Oh, oh no, really? Hamburg, Neil Hamburger's older than Freddie got fingered. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. He's, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he, I don't know when he came along. Neil Hamburger. Yeah. Let's uh, since bringing up Freddie got fingered, we're gonna take a little break. Right. And then uh, get some drinks and uh, just uh, freshen up a little bit, and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. I was noticing uh, <laughs> just now your Killer Clowns T-shirt. Alex. Oh yeah, this is a this is a T-shirt for Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the classic. Yeah. So what's what's the story with that? It's with the movie? No, with the clowns. Oh, with the clown. Okay, so the clowns, uh, the Chioda brothers are like special effects guys. And they worked on a bunch of movies in the 80s, and then Killer Clowns was, like, their baby. Like, they got to write it, direct it. Uh, I don't know if it was that big of a hit, though. I'm not sure. I know that uh, on home video, of course, it, like, blew up. Yeah, it definitely became, like, a cult classic for sure. Yeah, like, people love that one now, you know, and the the rubber clown suits that they had in that movie uh, would later be repurposed for a movie they did effects work on, which was Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, and all the goblins in that, if, especially if you look real closely, they are just the clowns, just spray-painted like puke green. And it is glorious because it's just, you know, hey, you work with what you've got. Yeah. Even yeah, if you're absolutely. super talented special effects artist, you're still pulling shit out of, your, out of storage and like, we could still use this. Re- repurpose that shit for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. old school effects, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, uh, we were talking a little bit about, uh, about Matt Damon. <laughs> Go and do it a Matt Damon at Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, I don't want to, because now you got me questioning <laughs> my sources. Uh, but I swear to God, uh, do, it is a fact. According to the IMDb gods, uh, that at one point, um, Goodwill Hunting was the one of the original drafts was that the character was drafted by the the CIA, and that was like a part of it. And it's like you, they kind of started in the movie a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, there's a there's a scene where he's interviewing yeah. with you know, like, you know, it, it could the NSA or whoever that. it was, yeah. And it's like oh, they touch right, on him a right, little right. bit, right? Yeah. Some insane shit like that, and then I guess they just decided to abandon it. And then the weird thing is, he went on to be like Jason Bourne, which is just weird. Yeah. And and then Josh made a point just earlier that like, Reese, uh, not a couple years ago, Affleck was in a movie called The Accountant, and that's about a guy with that's like on the spectrum who's also like a low key vigilante. I love. Do you know what I'm? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like he was doing accounting for like crime lords and shit and then he would go and turn and like steal it do some Robin Hood style shit I love that but one defense uh, strategy that he had where he took off his belt yeah yeah he just started hitting the guy with the belt <laughs> he's whipping that uh, one guy who's like in everything I forget that guy's name uh, he's like a bald guy with a beard and like a sharp mus- mustache and I think he's like a he was he is was known as a poker player and I have no idea. God. Yeah, I, I can't think Someone's of Someone's listening to this and I'm like, I know that guy. Yeah. I have Google. Uh, but he's in a bunch of shit, and he's always just guy that gets hit and killed. 
which I love. Those are my favorite kind of actors. Right? That wasn't Guys wrong. that pop up and are killed. <laughs> the disposable ones, yeah. Disposable, like Danny Trejo, that was like his thing. Yeah. And then he like evolved. You know? It wasn't Ron Perlman, was it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 you know, I was talking to uh, an Uber rider today. I would love to be like a Ron Perlman or one of those B actors that's in everything. Oh, yeah. And that kind of record. The, the, the guy that you, you recognize, but you couldn't place his name. Like, exactly. I've seen you before, but I don't know who you are. But he'll be at the Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time he, like, stars in something, because he, he's, he's got a decent amount of... Hellboy? He's, he's, Hellboy? Hellboy and... City of Lost Children, was he in that? I yeah. actually watched that, like, two or three weeks ago for the first time. Oh, really? And I loved it. It's I mean, I uh, forget the name of the director. Um... <laughs> That wasn't Terry Jean, Gilliam. Jean-Pierre Genoux or something oh, like that. Okay. I yes, think that's yes, his that's name. Exactly I forget. And he did, um, I think he did like Amelie is probably what he's most known for. And he did uh, Delicatessen, which is really good. And yeah, in City of Lost Children, that one's really interesting because he plays a strong man. Yeah. And he like does the entire film in French. He doesn't have a ton of lines. Yeah. But he, you know... I like saw him in the opening credits, and I'm like, oh, interesting. You figure he'd probably be in it for like a bit, and uh, he's like a he's one of the main characters. I just love like how we were talking earlier, how movies they create their own rules, of yes, re- of reality, and and City of Lost Children is one of those films. Yeah, where it's uh, like your brain has to just like with Dune, you know, you have to like, you have to let it. I, I am I am so obsessed with movie language. Yeah, yeah. like I uh, like. Like, I always think of, like, characters writing math equations on windows. Because I'm like, when's the last time you've ever seen a person write a math equation on, like, a window? You when don't. have you ever seen anyone hunting. write math? <laughs> right? Exactly. I don't even... What, I what mean, is math? I of a calculator. No. You guys have never been to my apartment, but it's, all the windows are covered in math <laughs> yeah, equations. But it, and, but, and this whole apartment is covered with windows. But just, like, the idea of, like... And I, I think part of it... Part of my obsession with that kind of thing just became born in the last few years because, like, film criticism online is so overly cynical. Yeah. Because yeah. it's always like, if if your story doesn't make logical sense at every individual step, then you've made a bad movie, and that's just not true. Yeah. You just have to like give yourself, like, surrender yourself a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Suspension it's of just, disbelief. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's really all it comes down to. And like some, you know, sometimes movies like they, you know. If, if a movie, like, breaks its own rules, then that's obviously, you know, the kind of thing which is like, eh, like, this thing didn't make any sense because of something previously established. Like, that, you know, that's one example of how, how you fuck that up. Even right? then, but, like, you can save But even movie. then, yeah. Like, it's not, that's not necessarily, like, the absolute make-or-break point. Yeah. But for something like, for something like City of Lost Children, it's mm-hmm. just, like, and Delicatessen as well. Ah, I've seen that too. I've seen that recently. Yeah, like it's so like absurdist and like the architecture, the production design, everything. Like the whole, you know, it's it's so like otherworldly, but you just have to accept it. And then it's more, and to me, like movies like that, it's more than accepting. It's like, lay it on me, smother me. Immerse (laughs) yourself. Drown me. You gotta put yourself in that world yes. to understand. It, it, it's 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 like Ed Harris in in uh, uh, the Abyss when they, <laughs> when, they, when they put that 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 like deep sea suit on him and they have to hold him down because that merged. Yeah, they submerge that 
the plasmic fluid in him, and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an interesting film that's like half out but not really it's Alex and I watched the first two parts of it it's called Mad God and it's uh, directed by this guy named Phil Tippett and Tippett is like a visual effects artist legend like the guy's worked on like I'm pretty sure he's won Oscars Everything. and he's he, Jurassic he Park, did Jurassic Star Park Wars. original the original Star Wars uh, I think he did Robocop Terminator, like what, what, what was his Everything. work in, in those he was on the uh, team. Visual effects. Oh, okay. So, so okay. He, like CGI or like a... No, like animatronics. And, and, okay. and stop action. All, right, and stop, all stop motion, all kinds of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so he... Uh, the good stuff. Over the course Not, of like 30 <laughs> years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Over the course of like 30 years, he's been working on this film called Mad God, which is like a stop motion film. And he released... It's weird because he released like the first two parts on his website... And I think both those parts together, it was like two like fifteen minute pieces. Okay. But then I know that later this year, he's releasing like the full like hour and a half version of the film. But Alex and I both watched the first two parts of that, and it's entirely stop motion. And I don't even know how to like explain there's some, it. There's some shots in it that are. Uh, well, some of it's some, some of, of it's live like, action. They'll like, be like stop motion, and the characters' hands are real. Yeah, it's like really tripped out but. yeah but it's it's the sort of thing where like you have all of these bizarre creatures yeah that are repulsive and disgusting and you know it's just like if i recall it's been a couple years since i've watched it but mm-hmm. if i recall correctly it's basically just like this guy is trying to like find something in the center of this city this dis- like bizarre dystopian kind of thing wow uh, Talk about dystopia, huh? We should uh, close those windows. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's fireworks. Yeah, um, that's fireworks. Don't worry. Um, but uh, <laughs> we're in Chicago, folks. You learn the right. difference eventually. Yeah. It's Friday night. <laughs> that's fair. It's the last of Friday in in August. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, and I and think the, there's the sirens <laughs> afterwards, and then, and then the, the the woman screaming. Like, like what was the river in big? In big? Yeah, or, yeah. Or he first got what the same James? Oh my god! Oh man, that's, oh, those are fireworks. Those are fireworks. That's ASMR. Sure. Right there. Yeah, don't need to worry about that. Pew. Then everyone's you get the citizen app notification. Fireworks! <laughs> Shots detected, and all the comments are fireworks. It's always fireworks. <laughs> you woke up, Grandma. So, anyways. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, Mad God is is the, one of the first things that comes to mind when just immersing yourself because you look at these like unholy abomination creatures. Yeah. And it's just amazing that someone like dreamed this up and created the model and animated it and gave it these repulsive sounds but it's never any it's not definitely not something a studio would ever never give money to never and I, like that that, that dude crowd that was the mostly crowdfunding thing but he's been working mm-hmm. on that for ages and it's, yeah, it's finally big. done I, you know, I think it just premiered at some random festival recently for the first time when but you that's, when you say repulsive sounds it makes me think of like i feel like it's stock footage of the walking dead and it's always the same sound of each zombie <laughs> it's like that's the sound I make when I'm brushing my teeth and I'm trying to brush my tongue. <laughs> I, I, I can I can verify that. You actually, yeah. uh, you, you, you nick uh, you nick your uvula. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> the blood comes out from my mouth. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're in a very unique time period because you can actually have the equipment to make a legitimate-looking film. 
red cameras or whatever it is and the software on your computer for very little money so even everyone's can can make their their movie that they want or their the yep. short film or whatever yeah. they want. So everyone's a producer, every, director, yeah, director, actor. writer. Yeah, that's, what, and, uh, yeah. that's what Nathan was bringing up. That it's kind of like we're in Full a repeat of the seventies. Yeah. yeah, right. It's like a brand new revolution, a new golden age. New golden age. So it's like we're gonna get like there's probably gonna be oversaturation of people making shit, but it, yeah, but the ones that really stand out we'll know about because yeah. You know, well, because big studios will buy them and then they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll destroy them. <laughs> and and we'll see. But also, like, if, <laughs> if you're, yeah. but like, if you're on like social media or something like that, like if you're on Twitter, like I, I will see like a random film critic who I like, just recommend something. I've yeah. never heard of this movie, and then I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was like fucking awesome. Like I get it. Yeah. And I think it, you know. It's just a matter of like. So then you go to that person again. You look exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I think it's just a matter of knowing where to look. Like I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who just aren't. Like obviously they're not like us. They don't have like a very deep investment in in movies, Um, but they're just like yeah. There's nothing out. There's like, I don't want to see anything in the theaters because it's all just like Marvel movies and superhero stuff and big budget stuff. And I'm like okay, but like I remember I was talking to someone at like a. like a holiday party in 2019 yeah and i was just like you go see like knives out that's like an original movie that was just written by this guy and it has like this cast and it was like made by like an actual studio and like it's amazing and you can just like go see that and they're just like oh i hadn't heard of that for those that like clue and exactly right like if you want like a great murder mystery here's here's your murder mystery yeah like if but i think like all all that kind of stuff is out there it's just a matter of knowing where to look knowing where to look and i think who do who do who to c- consult with on, on, on media. Yeah. And then you just make your algorithm work for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, give me all my content. Because <laughs> yeah. back in the day, what was it? Uh, it was the, the Sun-Times, the Tribune, the TV Guide, and maybe Vanity Fair and Hollywood Reporter. I mean, yep. that mm. was that was it. And then with music, it was what? It was like... It Rolling was Stone. Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. You go to the... the the billboard and college radio section of the charts and MTV MTV and what was it Illinois Entertainer yeah IE yeah Yeah, for sure yeah Yeah. I remember as a kid I would wake up on Saturday morning this is probably I don't know early 2000s and on like the E channel they had this show that would run probably like 8 o'clock every morning and it would just be like they would just show like movie trailers for half an hour that's all it was like they'd just be like and this movie is you know uh, this it's by this random thing, the next exciting installment. Oh. Here's the trailer, and then they would show you the trailer, and it was nice. just that for like half an hour. So newer movies, at, at the time, yeah. Oh, so I mean, wait, movies when, that hadn't come out yet. When was this? This was like early 2000s, early okay. mid 2000s. So like early 90s, early mid 90s. I think this was like probably 93. I want to say 93, 94, 94. And they had the pay per view station, and on the pay per view station, it would be all the trailers. And I remember Tombstone was hey. one of the first ones <laughs> I saw. Of the trailer, and then I was, uh, we were able. I was able to talk my my mom and dad into ordering that because I was like, I saw the trailer. I'm like, can we order that? Ordered it. I was like, I, I remember recording this, and it was just awesome. Val Kilmer as Doc Holiday. I mean, that's a great one. But the but that whole channel was all trailers. Trailers, it was just all trailers. Yeah. When I mean, they're promoting what you're gonna buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, but it, it's just awesome to just see the nonstop trailers that they have. I mean, oh, it was yeah. probably like 
I would say only three to five movies, but still you get three to five movies, you saw the trailer, and then you wait for the one that you really wanted to see that trailer again, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I gotta see that. I gotta see that. I, I remember Big Lebowski, that was another one of those mm-hmm. when they when they had that out. Because I, I, what year was Big Lebowski? Was, was that 90, I think 97? 97, 98. 97, 98, 98 was, that was 98, And they yeah. still had the pay-per-view channel, like back when it was only 99 channels. <laughs> and then they made the switch over to mm-hmm. digital. Remember, it was like this whole thing from cable to digital or antenna to digital. No, like there was a there was a period of time where there was no more antenna. So mm-hmm. if you ever had antenna TVs, you have to you have to buy digital now. And it was like, oh come on, man. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the on demand screen, and it had yeah, like yeah. all the options. And you're like, this yeah. is crazy. I could watch whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, would, uh, it would tell you like what time everything was on, and you yep. could just go and it was yeah. a TV guide, but with yeah. extra steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, the, I would do the trailers. The trailers on there, there would be like a coming soon. Air section, mm-hmm. and yeah. me and my brother would just be like, "That looks, that sounds good. That sounds good. Who's in that?" And then he just kind of catalogs it all. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And then there was a section of it called. Uh, there was a whole other little area called something weird. Have you ever heard of this? What is it? Something weird, which is essentially just like old shitty B movie <laughs> trailers, right. weird excerpts from like surgery footage from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. It's garbage. And it would just be on there. And we'd be like, we're watching this? Of course we are. And it'd be like, you know, I'll drink your blood, i eat your skin. And really? Old school trailers. And we were like, fuck, this is some weird shit. So that's what morphed your taste. More, that's probably where it developed, I yeah, guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably just ingesting all that after school. I'd be like, oh, my grandma's got cable. Watch oh, yeah, I've seen so many weird movies <laughs> at, at Grandma and Grandpa's house, man. She's like, what are you watching? <laughs> Showtime. Oh, shut up, Grandma. Don't worry about it, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, it's Cinemax. This is Cannibal Holocaust, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. You, you, you want no part in this. That's you, <laughs> you don't want none of this shit, Bobby. That's where I saw Jeff Goldblum as Seth Brundle in The Fly turn into The Fly. Oh. And then and then puke on that, 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 that fucking the guy with that the, douchey yeah. guy's oh. fist. I, yeah. I watched that for the first time the, ever, like a week ago. Dude, really? That was yeah. the most oh, disturbing was, scene to me. That was a fucked up movie. Where, I love that movie. Where he pukes, movie. where he pukes on his fist, it, it just melts, it and just like, disintegrates yeah. his fist, and then he tries going for the rifle after that with mm. his with his left foot. <laughs> then he pukes on his <laughs> foot. <laughs> oh, 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 like like that that. Oh, that God. was Jeff Goldman's best. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I got a, sure. I got a soft spot for that second one too. Oh, the arm wrestling scene. Oh, the, for the first one, right? Yeah. Was, and then the music's the coming. <laughs> like you knew <laughs> something. Yeah. something yeah. yeah. And that big it's dude going. is crying like a little baby. Like, <laughs> well, of course he snapped his bone and it's coming through yeah. the forearm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just takes his his like flimsy girlfriend away and yeah. takes her to tries to teleport her. Tries to teleport, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm afraid." He's, "Don't be afraid." And then Gina Davis goes, "Be afraid, be afraid." Yeah, be afraid, be very afraid. That was like one of the lines, yeah. you know. That was a tagline. The tagline, yeah. 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 That was right. a, yeah. a Mel Brooks production too. <laughs> <laughs> What's it really? Yeah, it was a Brooks production. <laughs> Brooks has produced Shut some up. interesting stuff over yeah. the years, like yeah. non some non comedic stuff. A bunch of people apparently showed up expecting a comedy. Comedy. Nope. Yeah. They all like little fly things. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be great. One, one thing I love about that movie, which, for whatever reason, like, it's it's first impression on you, like, the movie starts, like, right away. 
there's like no bullshit you've got like the opening credits and then like the very first thing it's just like it starts with him meeting Gina Davis like immediately at the at the and, art, gal- art and, yeah, and the, at the gallery, and he's just like, "I'm working on the greatest thing you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life," and that's that's like the first line of the movie. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants and to listen. I, I love that it just like starts like the, it, the movie starts like immediately. Yeah. There, there's no like, I'm Jeff Goldblum and I'm working on no. some kind of I'm project. A scientist. I'm, I'm, really I'm, I'm on I'm on my way to this thing, and then oh my god, there's Gina Davis. No, hi, I'm working on this crazy project. Well, that's like the best story. Baboon so guts falling out of a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The hands the slapping on the, on the window. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's one of those golden examples of uh, 80s uh, special effects yeah. remakes. That's right up there. So if you're going to do like a triple feature, you do that. You do the blob. You do the thing. The thing, for sure. The yeah. thing. A bunch of buzz right there. Yeah. yeah. And then they're all remakes, and they all got shit that's going to make you want to vomit. But it's, they're all good. You know yeah. what had a similar effect to the, like those those types of uh, effects was that that weird demon double headed dragon in uh, Willow. Remember mm. when it was like this? And we, yeah, yeah. When it was just forming and, and and it was just this glob of flesh and and then Willow kicks it into the puddle over the that that drawbridge. Mm-hmm. And then it falls into the puddle, and then steam's going, and it just grows. And that, <laughs> some nightmares for your childhood. That's weird stuff. <laughs> because wait, didn't that thing wasn't the thing originally the troll? Like he threw the tr- like he threw the spell at the troll. It's been a minute since I've seen that. And then the yeah, troll the troll dies, and then it his skin opens up, and then it turns into that that double headed dragon. Mm-hmm. Like that special effects reminds me of what you're talking about. Where it's got like the weird kind of it's like body horror. Yeah. And it's just it's wet puppet stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gory, fleshy, wet puppets. Just like, you know, from beyond, right? You seen that? Oh god. The Stuart Gordon's from beyond where it's just Vaseline on every puppet (laughs) in sight. People all sorts of weird grotesque transformation. We just don't get that because obviously shit's expensive and it's probably a nightmare to have to shoot around. Well, and then probably uh, this is my own thing because I'm not, I'm not a film person. I'm, I just I love watching it and I love acting. <laughs> but I, as far as the special effects go, I have no idea. Like CGI just opened up a whole avenue mm-hmm. of, you know, employment. So then it took away the empl- or or is it just more expensive? Uh, I mean, I'll uh, oh, go go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, is it okay. more expensive so, with I, the old school stuff? No, I to mean, me, I, to me, practical effects like look so much better. Oh yeah, but it's time consuming. You can, you can tell CGI, yeah. and, and it's like it takes you out of the the yeah. moment for and, sure. And there's an interesting element to, uh, like, obviously there are certain special effects things that hold up well. Like if you watch the original Jurassic Park, all that shit looks amazing. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looks amazing. I saw, I saw that in Orlando <laughs> on a rainy day where we couldn't go to the Magic Kingdom. In the sewer. <laughs> you were in the sewer we watching that movie. <laughs> but th- that movie's a testament to why they probably don't do that anymore. Because, I mean, those, look, those effects look great, but they broke down the whole time. Even oh, Jurassic yeah. Park had issues with their yeah. T-Rex. That shit and, and, even, and even like... Uh, Batman? And, yeah, and even on uh, Jaws, that sh- is a mechanical shark. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like, in the water. just a giant robot <laughs> that they've got swimming around, and they had, like, three of them. I wonder if anyone... Because it just kept breaking down. They had so many... Pro- or yeah. I think they had, like... They had, like, three different ones for different purposes. I think one was for, like, when swimming. Another one was for when it's, like, on the boat, like, eating Spielberg- them. And then there was a third oh, one for... I forget what, but... Do you think Spielberg, at some point, just gave up hope at one point, like, towards <laughs> the end? 
Or did he did he was, was the whole time do you think he was just like, no, this is gonna be a fucking hit. This is gonna be a hit. I, I think that he I think uh, I read a biography of his forever ago. Oh, I don't yeah. remember Let's what he thought, it. but I, I remember uh, I, I don't know. I don't Can know. you recite it verbatim? No, it was like five hundred pages. I read it like probably all I read it like thirteen years ago. Yeah. I don't remember. It was, was from high school. It's all probably, bullshit anyway. It's all bullshit. Bullshit. The only the only interesting fact about that movie I remember is that uh, that scene where they're in the they were having a hard time like figuring out in the edit about um, there's that one scene where they're they've found like the boat uh, and they're like searching the boat for it's been a long time since I've actually watched the movie but it's that jump scare where like the body the dead body floats out yeah, yeah. right right like, they like shot that like in the editor's pool <laughs> because they're just like we need like an insert here to like we need like this shot but we've already wrapped production. So they're just they just like literally shot that sequence in this, in this dude's pool. It still yeah. looked creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's it, like the it's like the only like real jump scare in the movie. Too. Yeah, like it's yeah. and it's you know, God, it, that, movie's, that movie's amazing. And then I I was able to see like the director's cuts like the outtakes of of uh, what what who played Clint? What was his name? Robert, oh, Robert, Robert Shaw. Shaw. Robert, Shaw. Oh. Robert Shaw. When when he did when Jaws bit into him, and then he's going. <laughs> and then the crew just laughs because it's like so fucking real where he's spitting up the blood and everything yeah. and and my favorite scene that was my second favorite scene my favorite scene though was when they were inside the cabin mm-hmm. and he's talking about the USS Indianapolis and he, they're singing the song and He's trying to creep them out, and then you hear the whale songs. And mm-hmm. the Weren't they actually drunk in that scene? I think they were. I, 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 sure. I, yeah, I'd heard that they were actually dr- like drinking, and they were drunk during well, that scene. Because yeah, Robert Shaw was too drunk to do it, right? And then, <laughs> and then he then he sobered up a little bit, and then he did it again. Of course, he was still a little drunk, and he did that whole scene again and nailed it. Yeah. Because the first time he was tripping up, and he's like, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't be as drunk," <laughs> and then. <laughs> Freaking nailed that scene and just like, you know, it, uh, eleven hundred and eighty-three people went into that water. Three hundred and twelve came out. You do the math. Carry the zero. <laughs> it was like, and then what was on the plate? What, what what the hell was on the plate? Was that was that was that puppy chow or was that like no recollection? I don't. <laughs> I don't think they disclosed that. <laughs> <laughs> and where the hell did they sleep? You know, like, that cabin looked small as fuck. Like, you, you thought, where were you shitting, man? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just stick your ass out into that ocean? And that wraps back around to one of those uh, the old school um, uh, language of movies kind of thing. Just yeah. don't, there's something about it. Yeah, just something about it. Just don't think about it. doesn't matter. They needed a bigger <laughs> boat. I, there you go. That, that, that's your answer. What they do, they just, need, they just need a bigger boat. As my buddy puts it, I'll watch Jaws after Jaws. Like, that's a movie I could watch over and over again. It's yeah. just so freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And Robert Shaw, yeah. man, he's... That's a guy that was, like, one of those great talents that just was ripped away super early. Yeah. Because he, he was... Just, he, he was in The Sting? Yep, he was in The Sting. It's a great movie. From Russia with Love. What was like, the bridge movie with... Uh, with uh, bridge on the River Kwai? No, not Bridge on the River Kwai. It was... The bridge, no, uh, bridge Too Far? <laughs> Uh, Bridge over troubled waters. Bridge of Navarone or something. Oh, that's the Gunsman. Gun- no, that's not it. It was, it was with Carl Weathers. It was one of Carl Weathers' earlier films, and mm. they had a, they had a, it was kind of like Bridge of Predator. the Predator. 
Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Robert Shaw in Predator? Oh, man. I think yeah. like, he's <laughs> Jesse the body. <laughs> I, I haven't got time to bleed. <laughs> I, I just love the idea of him. Just like, it's that same scene. He's just like... And then he, yeah, he does the eyes, lifeless eyes. <laughs> and then he does like a, like a doll's they eyes. Do, they do stock footage where they blow his guts out. They do stock footage for Jaws <laughs> when he gets bitten in half. <laughs> <laughs> but we were also taught. You guys were you guys were film students out here in Chicago, right? All three of you. Uh, not I. Oh, not you. No. Where were you? I, I'm an English. I was an English major at UIC. I've just been doing film production stuff since I was 11. I was a film school student at, you know, at um, Illinois Institute of Art Schomburg, but left there after three quarters and uh, did started the English major after that. But I've just been doing film stuff since I was 11. Oh. So yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Now we now we now we all work on porn together. <laughs> exactly. It's way more. Than we are uh, we are very professional about it. Everyone comes to work in a in a button up shirt and khakis. A pull a pull off button up shirt. <laughs> For the record, tear away pants and yeah, we're good. We've never worked with Ron Jeremy. We want to put that out there. We don't know oh, him. No. Oh, we have no. Yeah, exactly. Sun, no association. Sunset Strip. Go go to the Rainbow. That he runs the Rainbow on Sunset Strip. He's about to run the Chow Line. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Alex we'll and I, license uh, plates. <laughs> Alex, Alex and I went to we we that's where Alex and I met at, uh, at Columbia College, Chicago, College. which is uh, was about a decade ago. Okay, and that, that uh, that's uh, certainly an institution. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is something. <laughs> it, it's something. It's it was. I I've only heard stories about what happened, like because we both graduated in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I've only heard stories just about like how ridiculously downhill it's gone <laughs> so like apparently they like merged the television and film departments into one thing because oh, no, no. before they were two separate things and it's just like it's one of those things where like clearly the the president of the school is like skimming off the top yeah because he was making like huge amounts of money and they're just like oh we're going to consolidate these two things and we're going to build like this new student center and like all this other shit and they're just like i don't know man you have like you have like homeless students here like this <laughs> maybe you just yeah. gotta get your priorities straight yeah. oh but I don't, I don't know I don't know like the whole story because I think most of that happened like after Alex and I had finished up there. I've only just heard stories. We were like the last group to work with film. Yeah, they stopped shooting because before for a while they would let you do projects on like eight and sixteen millimeter, and I think some of the projects if you got far along enough in certain programs like the directing program they would let you shoot on thirty five millimeter. Um, wow. And a lot of it was digital too. Like I think most of the stuff that I did was digital, but um, I mean, you worked with the like the Bolexes and shit like that in thirty-five. Uh, yeah, I don't think I never worked with thirty-five. You didn't do the you didn't do like Aeroflex, a short project with thirty like a short film. I didn't do that. I after I did like I was after my first year there, I switched and focused on screenwriting. So I was taking more writing classes than I was doing actual like dir- I took like one directing class and I didn't like my teacher because he was like a theater guy. And so he was just being like, "Hey, your actors need to be uh, bigger." And I'm like, "Well, we're we're doing this stuff on camera." Yeah. <laughs> and then like, yeah. like we had to shoot one thing for that class, and like most people just like shot like on their phones or whatever because we didn't have, you know, renting out like all this stuff was like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. And they all look like shit, but he was always just like, "Your actors need to be bigger," and I'm like, "We're doing this for film. Like they don't need to be big. You just let the camera like do a chunk of the work. Like this is stupid." And then I gave up on directing after that for a while. But you, 
<laughs> you were talking uh, to us about going to L.A. for uh, an internship. Was it an intern? Uh, no, it, it was uh, for a long time. I don't know, I'm guessing they probably still do, but Columbia offered a semester in L.A. program, and that was basically just you go to L.A. for like five or six weeks. Yeah. And you do a program based in, uh, I think they had like, I, I did mine in screenwriting. I know they had one in producing. They had them for, I think, most majors, actually. Yeah. So even outside the film department. Cause they had stuff in TV. They had stuff in, I think they had like, stuff in music production, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did one in screenwriting, uh, and it kind of sucked because <laughs> everyone there, it was like my classmates, it was like me and like, there were, it was just a room of like six white dudes. <laughs> and it was just like, everyone was just so cynical and negative about every, like, you know, basically we had to write uh, an entire script in like five or six weeks. And everyone, you know, on like day two, everyone's pitching their ideas. Everyone had to come with three ideas. And everyone was just like so fucking negative about, because all these people, like, so many of these guys had like great ideas. Yeah. And everyone's just like, nah, I don't want to. Like that one doesn't make any sense because of such and so. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this, that idea is amazing. Yeah. Like, write that script. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And it was just, it was just such like a negative space. And like, I, the one I ended up, the script I ended up writing, I finished it. And when I finally got notes back from my teacher, he really liked it. Even though for weeks he'd been telling me, he's like, ah, I don't know about this. And <laughs> just like, so just let me write the fucking thing. Yeah. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, and I just uh, it made me very cynical because I was I planned to move out to LA and try the whole LA thing, and after that I'm like I'm not doing this. Like this is not, this is stupid. I'll go back to Chicago and just make fun, like have fun, just make shit. And that's what I'm doing now. So it's like, I mean, LA. legitimately, that's where good things come from. Is like when you're just doing it for fun, yeah. you're doing it for yourself. That's when the real, like the the real projects happen. And that's where you find joy and stuff. Exactly. Like I. Yeah. Uh, like I've done, you know, these guys I, for work. I, I work at a digital marketing agency, and I run basically run like the video department. Yeah. Which the department's just me basically, <laughs> but like I. Um, but Nathan and Alex here help me out with stuff all the time, and you know, like a couple years ago, we we uh, did a, a project that was um, an advert a thirty second advertisement for um, a, a driving school. Yeah. And we pitched I had this weird idea and I gave the idea to my boss and he pitched it and they loved it so we spent you know we spent a day or a couple days shooting this commercial we like closed down a couple streets in Skokie and we had them bring the, dr the, the driving school brought their car and we had cops you know like helping you know move traffic and stuff like it was like suburban wow. so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a huge thing but it was but like still, it was pretty, yeah, yeah it was exactly yeah and we, we like mounted uh cameras onto a car which i had never done before and we had a oh, driver yeah, nice. uh we had our quote-unquote stunt driver just blow through um a four-way intersection and it was it was just a stop sign in like suburban street so yeah. it was a drone pretty too? quiet place yeah we had a drone to get the closing shot but that was the sort of thing where it's just like you know it was for work but like fuck it was fun yeah. Like, I, it was so much fun, like, planning wasn't that. and pressure-wise, too. It wasn't like we were being sweated by, like, this big company. Yeah. That was, like, it was yeah. your own project. It was, it was like we had control. Yeah. Everyone was, was everyone was kind of, everyone was in the zone. Everyone was chill. Yeah. And there it wasn't it, a lot of corporate it, oversight. It, it turned out really great. And it's one of the things I'm most proud of, mostly just because it's just, like, even though it was, like, for work, it was, like, a fun thing that we did. 
because I've done a lot of stuff in my job that is not fun. <laughs> like a lot of a lot, mostly just like video stuff. You know, not going to say any client names, obviously, but like you know, you obviously you'll get a few, and you're just like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> but then also we, you know, Alex and the three. I keep saying Alex and Nathan. I just like we're just all we're all here. Like we just. <laughs> Over the over the years, we've just like made Use stuff together. Yeah, we, we you know we've just made stuff together, yeah. and the majority of the stuff that we've done has been with zero money, and it's just it's just for fun. It's just for fun, and it's, and it's, it's not it's, even it's, porn. It's not even porn. It's crazy. The, not the at all porn. Is, porn. The porn is so most of it, most of it's not porn. <laughs> okay, so we've we, we've been we've been we've been going over like weird comedy, weird cult classics, weird sci-fi. Where 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 do you guys want to be in that in that realm or what what's the realm that each of you see yourselves together or as 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 one or individually uh, what you want to be working on and creating and producing? I just kind of want to do whatever's fun. Yeah, <laughs> like I, like I I don't know like I I I watch a little bit of everything. Yeah, I I don't really have like and something something you find at film school pretty quickly is that you'll find people who will only watch like certain types of they, they only watch the movies that they like yeah and they won't branch out at all right so they're just like i'm just gonna watch these serious oscar bait dramas and all the other stuff is dumb right and i'm like that's a stupid way to just be alive yeah so oh shit just, like i gotta change my <laughs> whole persona now so just, like, yeah so just like so just like just like watch just watch everything like i you know Freddy Got Fingered is one of my favorite movies of all time. Here we go, Freddy Got it's, Fingered. It's, it's Freddy Got Fingered. Really? Is, is ru- sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Okay, so that's... Right right up there. No, but like that's, right, that's right what's, up there. That's what's his name? Uh, Tom, Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. Tom Green. It's, it's, Tell them. it's right up there with some of my other favorites, which are probably more like oscar Beatty kind of shit. Because it's just good, and you just have to... When you're alive, the, the sausage, when, the when, sausage. You're, when you're alive and you're watching movies, you just have to just watch all of it, right? And just understand right. that just just don't be an, just don't be an asshole. Don't be that. Don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Don't be dick. Nate. Nate. Yes. What 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 is what is the tradition here that you guys have? Oh, that he got fingered. <laughs> so, um, it, with the with the exception of this past year because of COVID, we convene on Oscar night and we watch the Oscar ceremony, <laughs> and then to subvert the pretentiousness of the Oscar ceremony. We watch Freddy Got Fingered <laughs> after the ceremony's over. After champagne is drank. I, I would have thought it would be Shakespeare in love, but okay. We watch Freddy Got Fingered <laughs> It's a good time. cap off yeah. the night. It's like a palate cleanser. Right? It's like a ginger. Yeah. It has to be the palate cleanser after watching just like... <laughs> it's a ginger. After what, you know... So much self-congratulatory after wa- like after shit. Wa- just like... Yeah, after, it's a digestive. Yeah, after watching the four acting wins give their speech about whatever cause of the day that is relevant in current year, as well as the other, you know, sometimes the writer, the director, the producer, the other, you know, the vast majority of it has to be said, the vast majority of Oscar winners are crew members who get no recognition outside yeah. of the film community, whatsoever outside of the award ceremony, like cinematographers, editors, sound. Mixers, makeup people, casting directors—they should get their own. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hey, what do they actually do, though? Really? Casting directors and stunt people, I think. <laughs> but um, we we watch. Yeah, we have to watch Freddy Got Fingered as a palate cleanser, just ground ourselves again and remember. Okay, uh, we just like the craft and the form, and we ourselves don't do it for ego or yeah. this kind of crazy recognition. 
And that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. And and so speaking of the Oscars, I mean, you guys were were talking about this earlier. I mean, uh, the the winners, like uh, as far as uh, Viola Davis, like and like how maybe a different actor or actress. Or oh, like when people are like whitewashed out of their movies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Kind of yeah, like you yeah. know, we were talking about ScarJo, right? Scarlett Johansson, the Great Wall, the, the first the great Scar- Scarlett actress. Johansson, the first uh, Asian actress to star in a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, stuff like that. But the big one was uh, Viola Davis. Well, I just I just tossed her name out because the character Frances McDormand plays in Three Billboards feels like that had been Viola. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably who it should have been. And I think right. the, I mean, I, I, I love Martin McDonough's movies. Uh, In Bruges is one of my all-time favorites. That's a good one. And uh, I just I remember like liking Three Billboards. Then I read the script for it. In Bruges, what, what, what's 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 In Bruges? In Bruges is with uh, uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. And they play the two hitmen who hide out to Bruges after. Uh, Botch job. A botch, yeah. In fucking Bruges. It's Bruges, <laughs> and it's it's. I think it's one of the best scripted movies ever made. Like yeah. it's, it's, it was, it's, it was like I, I honestly went into that watching it like I had no idea what to expect, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm it, not a big Colin Farrell fan, so I'm like, uh, I mean, sure. whatever, I'll watch it, and okay. it was it was it was good. You should check it out. No, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I think the the beauty of that movie is it's one of those that. Once you watch it a second time, every time you watch it, you see something else. Yeah. Because, like, every very small and very insignificant, like, joke or comment comes back in the end of the movie. Like, yeah. everything. Yeah. Like, to the little things that you would not expect. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of gags, and it's just, like, involving, you know, like, loose change. And that comes back at the end of the movie, and you oh, would nice. not expect it to. Everything, and yeah. it's every detail. Every detail. It's incredible. Like that. That's the kind of thing where it's just like watch it once, give it a week, and then watch it a second time because yeah. you start to see all these parallels. Yeah. And it's just like the way that uh, what's the I forget the name of it. Um, what's it called? Like Chekhov's gun or whatever that literary device where you introduce the. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Chekhov's yeah. Gun. yeah. You, it's got to go off at some point during the play. Yep. If you introduce an in act one, it's got to go off by act three. Yep. And on Chekhov? The, the, the yes, sir. In Bruges is just full of Chekhov's guns. Yeah. Most of them you wouldn't expect. <coughs> That's a good movie. But no, wait. Great uh, movie. We were, we're, talking t- about we we're talking about Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. And how... Uh, uh, that feels like a whitewashed film. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does deal with racial issues. It's all about... Uh, uh, some of the actors, Sam, Sam Rockwell is a racist Sam deputy, yeah. yeah, and uh, it's like McDormand's daughter dies and nobody gives a shit, no, yeah. and she's got to put the billboards up. And I'm like, I feel like that would have been like a Viola Davis, like I think it would have been much more impactful. Been killer. And you probably wouldn't even need to change the script at all. Mm-mm. Just the fact that it's a, a black woman in that role, yep, I think adds a completely extra layer to uh, the dynamic between. The lead, who's Francis McDormand plays, and Rockwell's character—I can't remember any of the characters' names. It's been too long since I've seen it. Yeah. But. But that that yeah. It, and the same goes for other like when we were talking about Elysium, which is the Neil Blomkamp sci-fi about, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, disparity between the classes. Yeah. Like, 
You right. live on Earth, you live in squalor, and you build robots in a factory, and then the rich 1% live on Elysium, the, whole, the, the whole, moon, or whatever. The whole, like, sort of larger MacGuffin of that movie is that, like, the rich people have these, like, pods, and mm. when they lay down in the pods, it, like, will analyze uh, anything that's wrong with their bodies and just fix it. Is this still so the same film? This is a, this is, no, 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 this is Elysium. <laughs> We're, this is Elysium now. Yeah, this okay. is Elysium. This so, is, Matt Damon, right? Yeah. Yeah, Matt so, Damon. So, like, that movie, right. if I recall correctly, the movie starts with, like, this woman laying down in a pod, and she's just, and the pod says, like, you have cancer. And then it just, like, does, like, this, you know, weird, <laughs> cancer uh, sound. weird, and then, yeah, that's the and, then, and then it's just, like, cancer eradicated. And then she gets out of oh, the pod, okay. and it's just, like, so they just, yeah. like, literally just keep you immortal, basically. They right. just, like, fix everything. And they're just like, well, all the people on Elysium have these pods, and all the people on Earth just, they don't have anything. They're, they're, they're just, just they're, yeah, they're they're barely alive. Right. Like Matt Damon, it's, he gets locked in a robot-making machine and gets, like, cancer or some shit. He, he, and so he's he, like, I gotta get to Elysium to fix this! He, he puts on, like, this exoskeleton to make him a badass, and it's just, I don't it's know. It's schlock. It's like, great schlock. There's, there's parts of it that I liked. I, I thought it was a killer trailer, and but I'm really excited for it. But. but you feel that maybe another actor should have been chosen of yeah. maybe a different culture, different ethnicity. All the, all the supporting characters on Earth are, like, Latino or Hispanic, and it's just, like, I don't know. I remember, like, if I recall correctly, like, Diego Luna is, like, one of, like, one of the main characters also, and Diego Luna's, like, that could, that could have been Diego Luna, but the problem is that getting to the thesis of this original discussion is that oftentimes studios won't be able to make yeah. movies because, you know, well, who, like, Matt Damon's a household name, who the fuck is Diego Luna? You know what right. I mean? Like, so unless, unless you get that that white Anglo-Saxon, you know, name, actor, like, you're not going to get the funding for your movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Michael Pena... He was supporting. He was always been supporting him yeah. until like the Cesar Chavez movie, which that was an indie film. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's it, a guy that could be like leading. Absolutely, Southside South Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And local. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's like, and I think that's just how the Hollywood system works, because it's just you know things end up in development hell for ages, and then someone's just like, well, we've got this one script. Uh, who's like a guy that we can get who's yeah. kind of famous, and they're just Who? like, well. Like the one movie I think of about is uh, Serenity, which came out like two or three years ago, and it was with Matt McConaughey and oh, Anne shit. Hathaway. Alex and I saw that; it was terrible. Don't, don't <laughs> spoil that movie. Wait, I'm not going to spoil that movie. But the oh, interesting okay. thing is that the only watch, <laughs> but it was like this Indian I gotta, movie. I gotta get into no, this. no, you got to so watch this movie. What I'm thinking of Wait. is Serendipity with uh, oh, oh, Harrison Ford. No, no, uh, Kate Beckinsale and Cusack. John Cusack, which is like almost identical, <laughs> same movie, okay. <laughs> right? Well, wait, 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 hold on. I want to finish my point. Really okay, yeah, okay. go ahead. So, so the only reason that movie got made, basically, is because this guy, uh, I think his name is Stephen Knight, who's a screenwriter, yeah. um, has directed like a couple things in the past. He's got this one script. He wants to make it, and you know, uh, whatever studio that that movie was made under is just like, well you know, in whatever contract for, we've got, you know, Matt McConaughey and Anne Hathaway on this contract, uh, they owe us, they both owe us like one more movie mm. before this thing is up. Yeah. And so they're just like, hey, go to some random place for like, you know, a month and do this movie and you'll get paid. 
and the movie's terrible. Like it's, <laughs> but but the point is the point is is that it's amazing. The point <laughs> is that it's, it's it's both. The the point is is that just it's, don't even look anything up about it. Watch yeah. it. Yeah. Get to the end. The point is is that it's just like this. It's just it shows you exactly how the studios work, and the only yeah. reason that Money. people yeah, yeah, and the only re- you know because like they the, the only way this the movie got made is because they just had like famous people on yeah. tap. Yeah. Yeah, and right. that's just how it works for all this stuff. The, and the, the crowd draw of the the actors is is a big play. exactly. Yeah, I mean, because you can't, you know, like you've got you know Diego Luna and Elysium. You can't sell Diego Luna. Maybe now you can. You like could. He, he's, he's Star Wars. He now. was in, yeah. He's in Star Wars. He's got his own. Uh, his character from Rogue One is getting his own spinoff show on Disney Plus. Wait, Di- so is Diego Luna the same? Is Mandalorian? No, no that's uh, P- Pedro Pascal, oh, man. who's yeah, like who's awesome. like a Hispanic Burt Reynolds. Oh, <laughs> he's like a whole other rant. I gotta so, go on. Yeah, but, but he's <laughs> got an Antonio Banderas kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and the, the, the mix with Burt Reynolds. He's got a little bit of the stash and the yeah. man, the face. Is acrobatics know? with when he, when he's when he's over on uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. Lips and the spear. His eyes get gouged out. Shush, shush, shush. Spoiler alert. Right. There's someone out there that's still enjoying that show. I just but, love the gore in that. But anyway. Shush, but yeah, yeah, but like you can't, you know, guy like guy like Diego Luna, like when Elysium came out in, was it, 2013, you can't sell Diego Luna. You can sell Matt Damon easily. Easily. The same goes from now. Like, it's the same thing. Like I think nowadays, though, it might be a little bit, a, lot, a lot's happened, though. I feel sure. like, like, look at something like Alita Battle Angel, right? Where that's like, I feel I like that's. Fuck that movie got made. Is it? Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> that was a Robert Rodriguez one, right? I yeah. feel like they really tried with with uh, Wolfman. Oh, with Benicio. Yeah, they. Uh, were, I'm like, he doesn't look English to me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Benicio, Benicio is played. His dad's like, Anthony Hopkins. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. I feel like Benicio is like played white guys in movies. Yeah. Like I watched yeah. him in this movie recently on HBO Max called No Sudden Move. Oh which yeah. Which I. I he's a mobster. I yeah. liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. But I'm pre- but there's like there's a there's a certain with with Brendan Fraser Don Cheadle yeah Don and Cheadle's Matt Damon lead. yeah like right yeah. I don't think he's I don't think Matt Damon's in that one wasn't he at the uh, end David Harbour no, Matt that. Damon was at the end he was the yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Very he was movie. like the big corporate yeah yeah, yeah, corporate yeah. yeah yeah you're right you're um right. but in that movie he like I'm pretty sure he just like plays a white guy <laughs> and they just don't they just totally ignore yeah. it and that's I don't know like I, I don't have strong feelings about that I don't as much yeah yeah he's not in blackface it's just like what's whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and that makes me think like and uh as far as mobster movies kill the irishman have you guys seen that oh, one that's a good one that's uh ray stevenson playing uh what's the guy's name he's like some dude that was he was designing bombs right he was like an irish uh, yeah yeah like yeah. a union guy i think right yeah truck driver yeah yeah. He was just going to war with the mob, building bombs. Yeah, and what was it, Detroit? Was uh, was it Detroit or Cleveland? Or it was like one of those, one of those places. Midwestern spots, but it's like total. That's like total uh, mobster schlock, but it's also like some good drama in it too. Yeah, but yeah. that's 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 a fun one. That's yeah. not. That's definitely not the Irishman. And Bill Count Val Kilmer plays a weird spot in that, where he's like a cop that you rarely see in the movie mm-hmm. like it was one of his last roles was it just like showed speaking up? roles yeah okay yeah i heard he i heard recently he got that he had his voice uh changed because he had the he's been using the speaker but now that he've used like an algorithm with it's like an ai thing for, for, yeah. it's really yeah. strange the, the, the yeah. documentary yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it was just for the documentary 
No, that was it's, that was his son doing the documentary. Oh, it, that was his son's voice. But, okay. Uh, after the documentary, they finally uh, produced a, a, a computer-generated voice from all of his own footage, being that he was in yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he sounds like he's back in his like twenties and thirties again. Fucking crazy. But here's the thing: where here's here's my criticism of it is that what you can do with it now is like how maybe connected to your your brain waves or your heart rate to where you can get in fluctuations as far as like an actor goes like I'm gonna get really intense or really angry or really sexy you know like do all those different things where you just build a database can, and sell it can you get sexy with me again yeah do it one more time really, really sexy <laughs> okay <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a yeah. demon from legend Simon's <laughs> 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 But, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, they had, they just had like some behind the scenes like video, and they were breaking down like I don't know, spo- spoiler alert. Uh, but no, wait, 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 hold on, go ahead. <laughs> uh, for real? I, I haven't seen any any of the Mandalorian. Well, no. Nothing, nothing. Well, I'll just mm. mention they 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 they're trying. I, I probably shouldn't just, say anything. <laughs> there's deep fake stuff in it. Oh yeah. And they pull from a bunch of old audio for this actor. And I found out that oh. it's not his voice, and wow. his face is just all old photos and old like B-roll, background, behind-the-scenes interview footage, everything they could pull from just to get this face and and get the voice. Wow! Like it's literally just magic. Wow! It's just yeah. Are right, you good? Are, are you good? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. I, I'm and one more ears. thing. No. Oh. no. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing spoiled about it. He, okay. didn't, he didn't say actors' names. Darth right. Darth Vader's Luke's father. Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> it's not true. That's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But no. The what well, we, uh, we were talking about the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Josh has a really no. interesting tale from college, including uh, involving oh, an Oscar. Oh, this yeah. is the story. This gonna, is the story I've been waiting for. Tell the story during the break, but telling it the microphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this again goes back to when I was in LA for like two months uh, doing this program, and one of the field trips that we did was they took us to the Academy Library, which is like the academy of motion picture Pictures, and science, yeah. and science like, or whatever. Of, of the movies? Yes, the Academy of the Movies. Uh, that's the official term for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the library is basically just like, if you're like an academy member, you can go and look at stuff. And it's not a very big place, but the idea is that they it's basically just like an archive. They call the library, it's basically an archive. So like... Any review for any movie that's ever been written, they, like, store it away in a file. And if you're just like, I want to go back and find this review of this movie, uh, they'll just, like, pull the folder and they're just like, all right, here's, like, all this stuff on this movie. Like, all these articles written about it. It's a very interesting place. So we get to go on a tour of the library, and at the end of the tour, they're just like, hey, we have this really cool thing. Uh, we have, like, this real Oscar. And they bring out, like, a real legit Oscar trophy. And they're like, this is the Oscar that was presented to uh, George Lucas in, I think it was 1993 or something like that. And what they did was they shot the Oscar into space, and the, it was presented <laughs> by the people on the space station or in the space shuttle yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. I, I don't remember. The, I think it was, like, early 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they presented it on TV. So this Oscar was all the way in outer space, but it's, like, a real Oscar. 
and they, you know, and the thing was like 11 inches, it's like fucking huge, it's like 11 inches tall or something like that, and it's really heavy, and it's just like, and they're just like, you guys can like hold this, it's really cool, you can like hold like a real Academy Award. It's it's the thing that you see on TV all the time. <laughs> Not it's even awesome. just that. It's what you strive for. It's what you strive as an for. artist. Yeah. And so Not even just that. It's an object that went to space. Yeah. And that came too. back. And that was presented to George Lucas. And they had George to Lucas. quarantine it. <laughs> quarantine it. Ninety days. Spray it. Spray it down. Spray it down. But it's it's a it's a cool thing. So I I got to hold uh, an Oscar, which was awesome. And then uh, I I went to pass it to one of my peers, and uh, no he, he turned to me, and he said, oh, and I quote, uh, "No thanks, I want to wait until I get my own." Oh, wow. And I thought <laughs> at that moment that I was uh, going to kill someone. <laughs> I, but I the interesting part is that he was not the only person who said that. Oh. So wow. of the six people in our wow. class, Give of the six, pe- the six people in our class... Was uh, he the first one that said that, though? I was the first person to hold it. No, I'm saying, and was then, he the first one to say it? And like, oh, oh, yeah. Everyone then, else was like, then, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what he did. And then, like, three other people, three or four yeah. other people passed. Yeah. So it was, like, me and, like, maybe one or two other people who actually held it, and then everyone else just passed for the same fucking reasons. Oh, and I God. thought I was going to do you look, have you kill these people. Where are they now? Are I don't care. <laughs> They're not. I know that if they were doing something significant, I would have heard about it. They directed that's the what, Revenants, and uh, they gave me a McChicken. But that <laughs> that made me so fucking mad. I got so angry at all of them, and I already didn't like them that much because they were just you know you're like very average, like Pompous, pretentious yeah. film students. Yeah. And that was their most significant insignificant <laughs> thing they. I I think about I think about God. that like almost every day. Oh I think about that. I think about that whenever That's I see like trauma. Whenever you see shit come out of your ass. Whenever I see... When, after I take a shit when I'm wiping my ass, that's what I'm thinking about. Man. When I... But no, but like every, like every year at the Oscars, I feel like I tell this story every year. Literal I, but shit. I, but I think about it so much because I realized at that point that like, wow, I went to film school with so many people who think just like this and they're all terrible. Yeah. Because yeah. most of them like just like want that trophy and it's just like maybe you should... Rethink your life. Rethink, yeah. Rethink your your purpose. Here. Part about maybe yeah. that, but also part of it is just like maybe you should think about just like making something first. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I I think that the Oscars are overrated. I like watching them every year because it's just like a it's, fun it, competitive thing. It's an entertainment value. For yeah. Sure. There's an entertainment value to like seeing what gets nominated and watching the movies yeah. and like wanting things to win, even though you know it's, like, arbitrary. It doesn't matter. And it sounds like they need to come up with original ideas, being that three or four of them did the same exact idea one right after the other. (laughs) But that was, like, one of the They're all successful Hollywood executives now. Probably. They're all producers. Green lighting sequels and prequels. Oh, God. God, I fucking hope not. But I... Working for DC Comics and all that. just, Just making tons of money. I don't think any of them are. They're all I'm Hollywood not. sex perverts. <laughs> <laughs> they were I mean, on Epstein's flight log. Oh no. oh, no! Let's be honest, they're all real estate agents at this point. I think <laughs> some of them are still... I, I'm friends with a couple of them on Facebook, so I think a couple of them are still out in L.A., but I don't really know what any of them are doing. I don't like any of them. I don't, my I, car. I don't like any of them, though. <laughs> you know, there, was, there were a couple couple guys that, I, that were, were relatively chill, but most of them... Especially like when we were pitching stories, we're just they're just so fucking cynical, and that was sort of like 
the nail in the coffin where I'm just like, I don't want to be around these people anymore. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's way too cynical and it's way too pretentious. And it's just like, just have fun. Like, yeah. I think I think the, the, the best movies are by people who just like want to, made by people who just yes. want to have fun. And like, obviously, well, obviously there's like a business angle to it. Like you yeah. make something and you want people to see it because you want to make more things that are better with, that have more money and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, like you don't need like a hundred million dollar budget to make something amazing. You know, right. like right. Uh, like I remember recently, like The Green Knight, which came out like a month ago. That movie was made with like I think like fifteen or twenty million dollars. That's like nothing. That's nothing. And that movie it looks amazing. Yeah. Like there's no reason that a movie made on that budget should look that good. Well, um, El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, was it's it like five thousand dollars. Yeah, cheap movie. And it's I mean yeah, like it's not about this is about the money, but it's just yeah. part of it is just like people want like the recognition and the fame, and it's just like maybe you should be doing this for other things because if you're just chasing that constantly. Like there was, a, going back to uh, uh, Matt Damon, actually, because he he won an Oscar for writing Goodwill Hunting, and I remember uh, maybe like five years ago or so in an interview he said that like he was really happy that he got the Oscar when he was so young, specifically because even though he's been in Hollywood this whole time, he didn't spend his entire life chasing that. Right. So he got it out of the way early, and then he's just like, I'm just like enjoying my career. Like it's it's not something I ever like need in the first place but you get it when you're young and you're right. just like okay well now what now you go on now this amazing career is one of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood and you could do like he could do whatever he wants because he's Matt Damon yeah. Yeah. and it's it's a really interesting sort of thing where it's just like that that Oscar isn't going to bring you any happiness I, w- I was really intrigued by his whole thing be- and him and Ben Affleck because they did the whole Project Greenlight thing yeah. where they were trying to get other filmmakers and other screenwriters like they're they're due like they were trying to get them up and and running yeah and that was an amazing uh, to me i thought that was amazing i, I enjoyed watching the whole a, series didn't they make a feast yeah yeah don't, the we don't, don't don't talk about <laughs> the movie we don't even talk about it <laughs> gulag or whatever his name was the, the no, yeah i like but that, yeah though. but it was it was the idea of like getting other screenwriters and other directors a chance where they might not have had that chance was yeah. like I thought was an amazing idea. It was it was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed watching that that whole series. That's what Kevin Smith should do. <laughs> <laughs> just be helping people, uh, young yeah, filmmakers. Right, right. Yeah. Here we go. The Kevin Smith yeah, connection right here. No, I love Kevin no, Smith. I mean, I have actually. I, I, I have a love hate relationship yeah. with Kevin Smith. Absolutely. Well, let's he- let's hear it. Let's let's hear it with you. You two seem. You. I, I mean, I, I think. Are, is everyone here Kevin Smith fans? Sure. I've seen I've, I've seen his, his his seminal works. I guess. I've seen the big ones. He he is the quintessential like uh, indie filmmaker. Like he yeah. took his Clerks film from thirteen thousand dollars or whatever it was and brought it to Cannes or, or whatever and, and made it something. And he created yeah. this whole. Universe, you know, universe yeah, around it. Built an exactly. entire career. Exactly. Yeah. And he did well. He'll himself. still make money from Clerks today. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's, like, he'll yes. still he's, sell stuff from it. He's literally shooting Clerks 3 right now. Yes, he is. I swore he, I could have swore he just wrapped. They, they might maybe, have just wrapped. Just it's wrapped pretty close. I, I, I think it was only probably. like a 30-day shoot, which sounds kind of right. Because yeah. it's yeah. like, yep. You know. They're back at the uh, at the at the Mart. The quick stop. The quick stop. Was it New Jersey? New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. So it's like but again, like he's he's kind of gone through his um, rehashing his stories over and over and over and over and over. 
and over. I'm wondering is a side effect I think of just being uh, him, like just yes. being successful. Because I mean, like what makes those early stuff, what makes all that good is what makes any early direct directors early work good is that they're like hungry. Yes, they gotta prove stuff, and they're yep. more in touch with like the street and like people. And now Kevin's kind of like what. He's like, you know, he's got his house. He's <laughs> he's comfortable. He's yes. got a wife. He's got a kid. He watches. He's got Jay Muse. He's got Jason Muse. He's got tons of weed. Yeah. So he's just kind of chilling out, and he's not really like in touch, and he's not as hungry. You're right. Yeah. He's I, and he's he's did he lose a lot of weight too? Like, oh. Oh well, that God. was after his. So he he had like a whole he like heart that. attack. Like he he, he almost died. He right. had a widowmaker. Right. He right. literally yeah, almost died. And. Like after he was doing a uh, on stage, uh, talking, just recording some stand-up. Shows. Yeah, recording some stand-up. Yeah, and he literally almost died. On stage. On stage. Like he did one. He did one set, and he went backstage, and his assistants or whoever they were like said, "You know what? You're having issues. You you we're gonna call you an ambulance." He was ready to go back on stage for his second set. Oh my god! And, but his assistants or whoever they were were like, "No." We're gonna call an ambulance, oh. and that saved literally saved his life. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And then he uh, he used that event to emotionally blackmail all his <laughs> own friends <laughs> into showing up for Jane, Silent Bob, uh, Strike Back, or the reboot. No, no, no the, reboot. Oh, the reboot. Yeah. Which me and my brother, massive Kevin Smith fans, uh, and my brother doesn't pay for anything, <laughs> movie wise, like tickets. <laughs> but but he's like Jane, Silent Bob. I'm treating I'm treating you, Alex. <laughs> And, uh, this we, is on me. This is on me. And I'm like, of course I'll this is on brother. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he went ahead and we ordered it. We watched it. And we were like, this is... Whew. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like the Again. greatest hits, though. It's like the greatest yeah. hits right. of like uh, all his stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if you're really into all that and you're really soaked into that world, because he's got like a massive cult fan base. Absolutely. So I, I was legitimately a part of that. Like his whole... Online is is a message board. The, the the viewersk universe. Yeah. The yeah. whole thing. Like I was a part of that. Like I went to his. And when I was living in California, I went to the Mallrats X, the tenth anniversary. I went to the Clerks tenth anniversary where they had their their whole. Um, the, whole at the comic book there. shop in Westwood, they did the whole thing. So I'm like, yeah, okay. that's cool. I I I legitimately loved. Kevin Smith and yeah. all of his movies, and then as shit went on, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not so much a fan anymore, <laughs> I guess. And I think that had to do with like he had ditched a not ditched, I guess, but like he had dis he had gone separate ways and had found like a new producer or something. Okay, he was working with Weinstein. He was he was they, the they were working with Weinstein for a while, yeah. Oh, and he did. Jersey Girl was a, was like a that's like the notorious that's the, kind the of flop. That's I mean that's the J Lo with Ben Affleck kind of. Yeah. That's that was like a misstep, and then he did yeah. um, uh, Zach and Miri make a porno, right? Like yeah, which wasn't horrible. Which is not bad. I actually really like that yeah. movie. And then after that, it was like, you know, he's like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. So he did. When they got into like Nazi sausages and stuff, I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So oh. he started. Yeah, yoga hosers. I'm yeah, like, uh. He started doing like exploitation movies, which I'm fine with. But yeah. at the same time, Kevin Smith doing it. Yeah. Red State is. Red one State was one thing. I really enjoy Red State. I like that. I suggest like just check it out. But I remember the thing. Tusk. 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 I, I think was the tipping point. Yeah. I Tusk think was, was Tusk was the tipping point. Well, as, like, as, uh, as soon as the one with the 
Nazi sauce in this game. Yeah, that was the next one. I watched that movie twice, and I couldn't tell you what happened in that movie. I watched it once, and barely. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a memory hole movie. Yes. But with Red State, uh, he, I think he went ahead and he had showed it off to a bunch of distributors yeah. at like uh, a film festival, and then he showed it to them, and then like told them he wasn't going to like sell it to anybody. Or something like that. Okay. Some crazy shit like that. And he like burned a bunch of like uh, old bridges with folks. And then it became this thing where it's like, well, I'm just going to take the, sh- the the movie on the road and try and sell it the roadshow style. And I guess that kind of took off because, I mean, like, you know, he went and did his next movie. But it's like at the same time, right, the charm starts to fall away. Yeah. You can see that this yeah. is a guy that's kind of like has changed. I have a little bit of hope. I think Clerks 3 will be interesting. When is that? Um, when is that being released? I mean, they just finished filming yeah, so recently. So oh, probably some like something next year. Yeah. 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 And that's that hopefully will be it cuz like we were but saying earlier, it, you know. it, it's 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 dipping into that well of what he knows. Yeah. It's it's like we were talking about Project Greenlight and I was yeah. like I would uh, I, I would rather see him like even as opposed to making a Clerks three, I think I'd rather have seen him produce someone else's yes version, like, like of promoting that. some like younger artists and like, yeah. like doing uh, that. Like I would love to see that. People, you know, yeah. like for for instance, like he did like a Yoga Hosers, right? Which which is the one with <laughs> his daughter and Johnny yes. Depp's daughter. Johnny Depp's daughter, yeah. And uh, they do like a it's like they're clerks, but it's weird. Yeah, it's not. It's not Ca- Canadian clerks. Canadian clerks yeah. with stupid shit in it, and yeah. it's like Strange I'd love brew. to seen something that was like that, not like that, but like maybe like a gender flip clerk, something different that he would support that would try something different. Right. Yeah. You know, keep it fresh from a producer's angle. So I mean. I don't know. I'll hold out hopes. I, I still have a soft spot Again, for yeah, Kevin Smith. I, I absolutely have a soft spot for Kevin Smith. I I started watching uh, Mallrats because I was a big fan of Jason Lee. I was a skateboarder growing up. Mm-hmm. So that drove me into like the, the Kevin Smith uh, world. And what, was was he a good skateboarder? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In, in his day, he was a, a good skateboarder. And he's and also Earl. And he's Earl. Oh yeah, my name is Earl. My name is Earl. He, he became like a, a thing of his own, which is good. I think Kevin he's, I think Smith, he's a Scientologist too. Like, uh, yeah, he is. Oh really? Is yeah. We we don't talk about that. Talk about <laughs> for, ne- for next episode. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was, was, was Val Kilmer a Scientologist? No. No, no. He had That's way too much jade and like uh, <laughs> what do you call it? The he didn't pass their tests. <laughs> He couldn't balance things on his head or something. With, something Ju- like with Juilliard, he was just far too seasoned of an actor for them to even want to yeah. put I their went to, I went to Juilliard. I went to Juilliard. <laughs> Did you guys see that that documentary? Uh, I have I have not, but I have seen... Uh, there's a documentary about the making of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes, oh. yes. And that's seen, interesting that? as well. Yeah. And he's in that, but he's more like... He, they don't interview him. But it's all about how that movie. Like, even interview they him. don't interview him because he was one of the stresses on the film. Yeah, because he was total Madonna. On Again, the it's like different sides of the story. Exactly. Yeah, so we don't have Val Kilmer's side. Yeah, 
Uh, but I, I, on, on the documentary value, you kind of do. You kind of do. Does it talk about it a little bit? A yeah. little bit. They go in, bit. They go yep. into it a little yep. bit. Yep. All right. That's interesting. I got to check that out. That documentary out. just come out? Yeah. 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 yeah okay. A couple weeks ago. All right. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But the it's Island of Prime. Dr. The, the Dr. Moreau one. That's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Man. And that was by... Uh, Bruckenheimer? Was that the director? Or what's his name? No. Uh, it changed hands. It changed hands a couple times. Yeah. They got a, they brought in on, brought on an old school, no bullshit, John Ford style director that was like, I'll fucking finish the film. Fuck it. Because it was at that point, it was like almost destroyed. But they wanted to speed through it then. Yeah, because it started off with Richard Stanley. And I love Richard Stanley, but I guess that they just were like, who's this Ooh. young director we could push around and shit? He had like a vision. Yeah. Uh, and he's like a South African witch doctor. <laughs> but he also did like a bunch of weird indie movies. Uh, like indie, uh, like kind of cold movies. He did Hardware. Have you seen that with Dylan McDermott? No. That's, that's a sleazy kind of like 2080 style sci fi movie and then he did another one called there was like some hitchhiker, hitchhiker movie uh, but one, uh, his Colorado Space which, with Nick Cage yeah, he just did uh, that, was, that, was, Cage that, was, that was that was like his first triumphant return to filmmaking since I don't know well, sure. what was it it all comes it's back called to Col- Nick Col- Cage. Colorado Space <laughs> <laughs> it's just called Outer Space. Color out of space. It's a. I think it's, I it's think an it's adaptation it's of a, a Lovecraft yeah. story, and Richard weird. Stanley is just like I make everything weird, and he made something already weird weirder. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting. But uh, the <laughs> Island of Doctor Moreau—that's like a shit show. Uh, the do- I forgot the name of the documentary, but it's pretty. It's pretty good. At one point, yeah. uh, Richard Stanley gets removed from the production, still is by where they're shooting, which is like in, on some island. And he puts a curse on the on the film. <laughs> and he, and he goes into detail in the document. He's like, we brought all these rocks together, and I was with the witch doctor, and we put a curse on the film. God. The guy's tripped out. Well, it definitely it's worked. Yeah, <laughs> the movie fell apart. But I know that Val Kilmer was like, didn't help. Yeah. Like, at that point, what he was like, post Top Gun, big. He's on yep. top of the world. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, he did. Th- that was after the Doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim Morrison. Yeah, because that was his big one. What year was that? That was 89. 89? Okay. okay. The Doors? The Doors they filmed in 89, and I think no. they came out 90? Or, no. Or it was 90 or early 90s. It was later 90s. Was it later? 93, 94. No, absolutely not. I remember watching that when I was 12 years old. He locked his girlfriend in I mean, you could be right. I could, I could be wrong, here. but... Let's, let's see here. Um, IMDb to the rescue here. IMDb. IMDb. Yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> it's 91. 91. Okay. 91. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they filmed. They filmed in 90. And I was like, oh, that's an Oliver Stone thing, right? Yeah. There. Yeah. And he was he was married to uh, the actress from Willow. From Willow. Yeah. That, that was the amazing part. Like he had this. So if you watch the documentary, Val. Like he has this obsession with this actress in in bro- on Broadway, hmm. ends up acting with her in Willow, and marrying her. Falls in love with her and marries her. Storybook. Oh. And, Storybook and then, stalking, getting married. Yeah. And then she divorces him while he's in method acting doing Jim Morrison. Oh yeah. no! Wow. <laughs> Just too much. Just too much. Drinking, smoking, just playing. He was, I mean, he was singing the songs, and that's just Oliver Stone. He's just like, divorce him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Call, it's great, great, act, great performance. Calls in the middle of the night, divorce him. Divorce him. <laughs> the method acting stuff is insane, though. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not an actor, so I, mean, I don't get it. Part, part of it I get. It. Like, 
But I feel like there's some guys you've got like Jared Leto who on the set of Suicide Squad like sent like dead rats to his his uh, used his condoms and used condoms and all this yeah. stuff. And then you have like uh, you have like you know the the perfect example is Daniel Day Lewis who the worst thing you know I I don't think he's done anything bad on, when he's doing method. But I remember reading something about how when he was on the set of Lincoln. He would send uh, texts in character <laughs> to uh, Sally Fields. What is this phone? Because Sally, Sally oh, Fields oh, is his wife, yeah. and he would just like he would just like send texts like as Lincoln, as Lincoln to Sal to to Sally Field. That was like okay, that's like a sweet thing. That's yeah. adorable. Until you hear how perverted and just. But <laughs> he sent Abe no. Lincoln. Abe Lincoln sent used condoms. <laughs> <to him>. <laughs> <laughs> just the sh- it was like the sheep's. Not even like lambskin comes of today. Uh, like literal sheepskin. I like, sent you with my seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he played my left foot yeah. in, in method acting, and yeah. he. I mean, he, he is extreme actor. He is the quintessential method actor. But I, but I don't think that I've ever heard a story of him being an asshole on set, and that's the big difference. Because I think I think you get method actors who just treat everyone like shit. You've got Jared Leto because they're just yeah. so in character. And then Daniel Day-Lewis, like, I think he's he's known for doing that method acting, but he's also known for, like, he's not known for it, but he's just, like, he's just not an asshole. Right. Yeah, right. Like, he, uh, he, I don't know, did his own hunting when he did Last of the Mohicans and whatever, but he didn't, you know, send... Use condoms to people. Like he's just like a a chill guy who like took his craft seriously. Well, he for Sutherland. He was he was a bit of a method actor himself. And and Mm. Stand by Me. He Mm -hmm. he would really fuck with the kids. He fuck with River Phoenix especially. Yeah. He would really fuck with River Phoenix. And I think there was a little bit of a rivalry going on there because Kiefer had his own thing going on Mm. with you know Lost Boys, Stand by Me, all the all those things that were going on. I think Stand by Me was probably. A, you know, a pre- predecessor to all those, but yeah. yeah, he fucked with River Phoenix off, off, off camera. He's like, so oh, wait, wait, are you saying, are you saying he killed River Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, <laughs> no. is, that, is that where we're going? Well, that's '94, wasn't it? That was '93, '94. I'm gonna go with it if that's what you're saying. I'm, I'm not going saying with that. Jack Bauer. <laughs> Jack Bauer. That was like, out time. No, what was that like? Ten seasons of Jack Bauer, twelve, fifteen I think, seasons. I think, I think I think it was like I think Too it was many? like fifteen. I think it was like eight or nine seasons, and then they did like uh, like a ninth season, like a few years later. I don't know. I I watched up until I really liked Twenty Four. I watched it like basically up until like that first thing ended, like the original run. Yeah. And then they brought it back like five or six years later for like a like a short like twelve season or twelve episode thing. And I tried <laughs> watching it. And I had, it had been five years since I'd watched any 24, and I had forgotten everything that happened, so after I watched one episode, like, I forget who all these yeah. people are, I'm not going to watch this anymore. Yeah. It's good. I, I've tried, I've attempted twice to get into it. Kyle, my brother-in-law, really wants me to get into it. I really want to get into it. I'll start it, and then I'll give up, and I'll be like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to rewatch Total Recall. <laughs> uh, or sleep. Predator. Wait, which Predator. one? Which Total Recall? Oh, the rich one. What do you mean, which one? I mean, I'm just making sure. I don't know. Gives the people air. Go hogging. Go hogging. You do the You do my cover. The three breasts. See you at the party with the. The three breasted woman and, and then, and then fuckface. The guy with the vagina on his on his face. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve showing yeah. your face. <laughs> <laughs> look, who's, look who's talking. <laughs> I don't do requests. <laughs> That's running man. 
We should just do that. We should do the whole. Do Schwarzenegger's whole. Schwarzenegger series. Whole thing. Yeah. Entire episode. Entire episode. We'll kill the dinosaurs. <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> but there, there should be, there should be another method. There should be a mix of method acting with just reality. What do you call that? I mean, Rat acting. Great acting. <laughs> and then you could go back to your fucking normal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's whatever gets you into the character, right? It's whatever, yeah. if whatever draws that performance out of you. you. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, each actor is different. Yeah. And also each, each director is different, too. Because directors all have a different way of, of pulling performances out of their characters. Right. Like, some people will just, like... Like, I know uh, Sidney Lumet, who did, like... Like, he did, like, one movie every year for, like, a long time. Like, he would just... He would do really heavy rehearsals. That was his thing. Because he was just an efficient motherfucker. Yeah. And he made some of the best movies ever made. So, like... And, you know, obviously it's, you know... Not every actor, I guess, today maybe does that. I don't know how... Depends on the movie. But. Right. Because I, I read some Stanislavski. I read some Strasberg with method acting. I mean, it's it's drawing from your own memories of your own life and your own experience. It's kind of like when, uh, in, in, in that documentary, spoilers, everybody, with mm-hmm. Val, where uh, he's at Juilliard and there's footage of him talking about suicide and, and how he never had that experience of, of feeling like he wanted to end his life. Yeah, he never thought that way. And then the teacher called him out and said, it's not That's true. That's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. We all have felt something to some degree, everything. And, you know, in ways I'm kind of conflicted on that with that, that acting teacher just kind of calling him out like that. Like, yeah. I think he was kind of being honest. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. And I, I, I just feel, though, that you could still draw from your own experiences and use your own imagination in going there. Maybe method acting will take you further, for sure. But I, I think you'll need therapy. I think, I think it's it, bullshit. I think it's yeah. just me. I think it just depends. I really do. I think it. I think. Yeah. Uh, like like like. I, I always remember. Uh, there's a uh, a quote from Lawrence Olivier, and he was on set. Who's that? For, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> of uh, uh, Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman. Okay. And Hoffman was doing the method acting stuff. Um, he ran the it, set. Yeah, he would run to set every because his character was a runner, and so he would run to set every single day. And he showed up one day, and Lawrence Olivier, who plays like this evil dentist guy or whatever, um, just looks at him. And he's just like, "It's called acting, my dear boy." And yeah, it's just like just, right because he's just because it's Lawrence Olivier, like the greatest one of the greatest Shakespearean actors yeah. of all time. Yeah, um, like clearly the guy knows what he's talking about, <laughs> and Dustin Hoffman was I don't know pretty young at the time. Yeah like mid-70s as the movie came out yeah. I think mm-hmm. and so it was just like on one hand like I get it like just like fucking just fucking act yeah like, just it's, do ca- it. it's called acting it's called using, yeah. your, using your imagination yeah. yeah but at the same time I understand the actor's point of view or like yes. whatever puts you in that mindset to, to perform at your best or to yeah. perform at that level you do yeah. whatever, whatever it is you do, that's what you do and I think for, for some actors like I think for Daniel Day-Lewis like the guy would just like He's one of my he, favorites. He, oh, he's incredible for a reason. I mean, but, I mean the I, guy, I, he was all right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but like, but for 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 stuff for stuff like Lincoln and for stuff like There Will Be Blood or whatever, he would just like, you know, he would just like Gangs of New York. Was, oh, I mean, whoopsie daisy. Yeah. <laughs> he would just he would just like do his accents yeah. throughout the duration of filming, whether right. he was talking as okay. okay, whether whether he was talking, you know, if he was like at a restaurant mm-hmm. after production, he would probably just be like. 
you know, I want a milkshake. Like, <laughs> so, I don't know how you guys are, but when I'm by myself, I'm doing impressions of everyone I know. Yes. I'm doing impressions. <laughs> yes. I'm just constantly going through impressions. Once someone gets out of my car when I'm doing Uber, the ride's over, I'm doing impressions of that rider. And I'm just going... I do impression. I do impressions of people in front of them, and they get offended. <laughs> Especially like laughs. Like that. That's my main thing. Like I, I will. I will hear somebody's laugh, and I'll replicate their laugh, and it will be in front of them, and I won't mean it, and they will take offense to it. I'm like, no, no, hold on. <laughs> let me let me explain. <laughs> like I'm just. I'm just hearing. I'm so. I'm, I'm hearing you, and I, I love it. And it's like the master disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Dana Carvey. Oh, God. Turtle, turtle. Are you, are you copying me? Are you copying me? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first time I saw that movie was when I was working with 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 kids, uh, uh, emotionally disturbed kids, and that was one of their big movies. And I'm like. On VHS. Oh man, that movie's. Shit. I had that. We, we watched it on a early Sunday morning, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. It like shifted my world. <laughs> oh, God. Master of just, where he's, yeah, Turtle Man was, I'm Turtle Turtle, man. Turtle. When I really for the Turtle Club. <laughs> Didn't he do a show, the Dana Carvey show? Wasn't there a whole thing about this? There might, there yeah, might have been a whole uh, thing about that, yeah. Yeah, and it was basically too surreal and too weird for <laughs> yeah. really anyone at that point. That was another. It would have been gold. Failed. Yeah, like I mean, if, it, if yeah. it were today, but it was kind of another failed mid-90s experiment and uh, didn't go anywhere. There's a Hulu documentary about it where it's so funny it, it hurt, and I've not watched and it And in yet. Living Color just outrode it for some reason. Like, it was like... Yeah, that that as well. That was the other competition at the time. But, yeah, I guess I have not... I don't have deep enough knowledge of but there's it. There's, like, some YouTube about it, right? And it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah that... And, yeah, but I guess it was too just, like, surreal and weird to catch... On and it didn't even last an entire season. No. Yeah. More like of an adult swim thing. Like yeah. Probably yeah. if yeah. you looked yeah. at it now in that lens, you'd go, oh, it's a precursor to this tradition. It's ahead of its time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so ahead of its time. I think there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Like everyone just, you know, pulls from like this old stuff and they're just like, oh man, like look at the show. This is just incredible. Like I know that they did. Um, uh, was the one with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, like oh, Mr. They, Show, Mr. Show, they, like yeah. they or no, there was, yeah, well, they had like a, some sort of like Netflix revival of that. I don't think it was Mr. Show, but they had like for one season, it was called like something with Bob and David. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was called, but the, and it was Bob and David, and it was just them doing like their sketch, the same kind of sketch comedy that they were doing like in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was called. But Mr. Show's the great. I, so I think it was, yeah, Mr. Show's good. Look Here's up, some good look up there. Bob Odenkirk, and you'll find it. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Mr. Show, yeah. we are going to blow up the moon. The time is now. We have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Death Star shit. It's great. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we uh, just about wrapped it all up. What are we doing, like three hours right now? No, we, were, we, we just went over two. Okay. Oh, so nice. folk, bad. Yeah, we, we, we covered a lot. It's a run time. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. The, the, I mean, that was a lot of fun. That was um, good. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 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 Thanks for joining us and, and, and parting us with your uh, film knowledge. That was definitely enjoyed. Oh, our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was, uh, you have to do it again soon. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, yeah. we we welcome guests for yeah. sure. Yeah. Love, to, love to come back on. 
Schwarzenegger night, man. Let's oh, go. Schwarzenegger. Oh, we yeah. could do that. We'll do a full Schwarzenegger. Recall, ret- red we'll heat. Do, do we a just, full ev- Schwarzenegger ev- retrospective. Everyone yeah. talks in a Schwarzenegger. Oh, oh yeah, for God. three hours. <laughs> three <laughs> hours of that. Everyone would love that. that. That could just delve into like action hero type stuff, like even going into all the other ones, like Bruce, Action Jackson, and uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like Van Damme. Action Jackson. Do like an eighties and nineties action. Leonard's oh, yeah. covering covering, covering the evolution of action. Oh, don't get me started on Face Off. <laughs> the greatest action, the greatest action movie of all time. Leonard's Part bold six. words. <laughs> oh no! Oh God! The yeah. Ghost Dad. <laughs> ghost Dad. Well, yeah, we'd love to come back and do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Josh, Nate, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Likewise. So that was uh, Night on the Town, folks. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Jeff. Good night.